1: Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, December 12th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Mm, Reier. Good evening. And Stephanie Cook.
2: Hello. All
1: right, guys. Another week, another podcast. We are back. We have a lot to get through uh, on today's show. We are going to be um, talking about the big creative shuffle going on over Mm -hmm. at D.C., uh, we're going to talk about our books of the week, of course, and we're going to start um, kind of getting ready for our end of the year awards. We're going to suss out what categories are going to be on our ballot, and then for the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to be on air uh, debating, you know, our lists down to uh, uh, five nominees uh, for each. And then um, the show that is on January 9th uh, will be our award show. Um, after we come up with our nominees and everything, we're going to put a ballot up uh, for uh, listeners uh, and readers on the site to vote for. And that night we will both list our site awards and our uh, listener awards. So it'll be pretty cool. And in addition, of course, we'll all be doing our own uh, lists, our own uh, you know top ten lists, what, what have you. Um, and a lot of our uh, contributors on the site will also be doing lists. So it's gonna be a pretty cool time. It's uh, I think uh, I love lists, and I hope Me too. that yeah, it twice. exactly. My <laughs> phone
2: is like riddled with notes and notes and notes, filled with lists of stuff. stuff. I love lists. Well, it's gonna be a
1: good time for lists. because It's gonna be many lists for us, mm. us oh, to make. Oh, I'm
2: so excited! It's like Christmas <laughs> came early.
1: Um. So yeah, we had lots of stuff to do. Before we get to that, um, the Man of Steel trailer the first full trailer uh came out uh yesterday now i guess it is um and it's our first real look at um you know not even really idea of plot because the plot really isn't isn't divulged enough but a, a closer look at the characterization of who superman is going to be a little bit more of him you know in action um and a little more revealing i guess uh the tone of the movie more than just kind of the Tree of Life-ish teaser that we got yeah. um, before Dark Knight. Tree of Life-ish uh, teaser. It was very Tree of Lifeish. Um, <laughs> it was like you know the butterfly flies in the wind and stuff like that. Um, which I don't. I didn't think wrong with that, but it's just it's tough for that to be a Superman teaser. And now we have more of a, a showing. Um, Bob, I know you were you were you were pretty negative about that that original teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this? Much
3: better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now have an idea of Smallville, his relationship with his father. Um, are there spoilers for trailers? No, we can talk okay. about any in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a bus accident mm-hmm. in the trailer, and you know the line that Kevin Costner gives him. Well, of course, well, should I just let them die? Well, maybe. Yeah. Ooh.
2: Pop Kent's kind of a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, but that's spoiler that's, alert. That's
3: the line I was talking about. I know. I, I know. It was yeah. really strange. Yeah.
1: Well, I want th- that bus thing. The fir- first off, that sold the trailer to me more than anything else. And it's his react. It's Clark's reaction where he says, "What am I supposed to do? Just let them die?" Yeah. Like that feels like Superman. Superman to me. What I like about the Pa Kent thing is just now. Who knows how much longer that conversation goes on and what he says right after that? It's uh, you know a snippet of a trailer. But I, it's a complicated situation, and I, it was actually Joey Esposito who was tweeting a lot about it today um, and saying, you know, what would you do to protect your your child? Like, what would you try to do? Like, he's trying to protect his kid. You know, he, he didn't care. I mean, he cares about these other people's lives, but in the end, he doesn't want something bad to happen you know, to the, to his son.
3: Sure, to have the army show up and conduct medical experiments on this yeah. on his son.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very interesting way to go about it. Um,
3: interesting sorry. to not see any Krypton.
1: No, no Krypton. There's a little. You get a little bit of it. You see Jor-el um, for for a second there. Type Russell Crowe. Um, and I think some of that explosion-y stuff. Some of that's Krypton. Mm-hmm. I think. But um, sorry, I cut you off the But what do you think of the rest of the trailer? No,
3: just loved it. A great tone. Again, we see some action. You see, the flying sequences look pretty amazing as yeah. he's heading up into into the clouds. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be better than I thought it was. I'm. It's still a Zack Snyder movie, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But it looks as if, based on two minutes, mm-hmm. that it's leavened off a little bit. This isn't Watchmen. It's not Sucker Punch. It's. Mm-hmm.
2: I liked both of those and three hundred.
3: So I'm, I'm not saying that, but it's just for Superman. That always struck me as an uh, as an odd choice for a director.
2: Yeah, well, they've said there's no more time. I think time they ramping. chose him to me because he uh, does a great job of adapting comic books because he's clearly a fan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's possibly why they chose him, and he's bringing like a really Christopher Nolan esque style to the Superman franchise. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's interesting, Steve. What did you think of it?
0: Uh, I thought it was very Batman in a sense of um, just tone and the way it looked like it. It felt like a, a, I mean, everybody says dark. I'm starting to really dislike that word to describe things. Um, I'm super excited for it. I wasn't excited for it when it was Superman's deadliest catch. But um, now that it's a little bit more fleshed out, now that we've seen uh, the cinematography in it, I mean, I'll I'll see any movie that he does simply based on the look of his films. I mean, 300 was gorgeous. Uh, I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Sucker Punch. I thought that movie was fantastic. Very underrated. A lot of people didn't get a lot out of it. I got a completely different movie out of it when I first saw it. And um, I just... It looks like it's it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna be the, what they want it to be in terms of it um being a part of like the justice league and it's way it seems like it's i don't i'm trying to if if you were gonna build off of that to do the justice league like the justice league would need to keep that tone and keep that like that level of severity towards it i mean this looks like a very grown up Like a solid two hours and change, strong Superman film. Mm -hmm. This does not look like a Batman Forever or Batman and Robin type of thing where you can just make a bunch of movies and then cobble them together, the characters, into one thing for Justice League. That, like, let's say you have Superman that comes out, Zack Snyder's Superman. You would need to have Justice League, at least not, maybe not aesthetically, but it would need to be on that level of them taking it seriously. Yeah, Does that no, make sense? That I don't. I don't know if hinted I'm...
2: that this is actually going to tie into the Justice yeah. League.
0: All right, I was. Just, I'm rambling a little bit. No, but, it makes absolute um, sense. Um, okay, good. <laughs> but
2: but
1: I think to that point, I think this as a basis for that is great. I think if they're going to use this, yeah, like, you know, if this
0: is the diving board yeah. and they're going to jump off of this, mm-hmm. and this is going to set the pace, like maybe they're yeah. going to finally start to do some things yeah. right.
1: I think that you were actually Bob I think that the flying stuff l- looks breathtaking and i uh um I love the moment where he's taking off and that the force of him taking yeah. off out of the you know you know we, we, Kelly what? sue talked about let's make about her reasons why Captain Marvel can fly sure. and how they don't make any sense you know, and who knows if their reasoning for this makes sense, but it looks like they have a reasoning it's not just he's magic you know or whatever um you know I, I think they're doing something very interesting which is it has I think when people say it's dark or it's serious I think it's I think it's because they seem to be focusing heavily on him as a character you know and and on his weaknesses as as a character more than they have in the past you know um and it seems like a lot of Superman movies a lot of it is Superman can do whatever he wants but then Lex Luthor's going to have a piece of kryptonite and he's going to have to figure a way to get around that kryptonite at the, end of, at the end of the movie. That doesn't look like that's what this is going to be in, in the least. I love the opening with his mother talking to him about, you know, kind of squishing out those voices and the concern on her face when her son is crying because he can't get, like, you know, this din of voices out of his head. Um, I, I think that is a great moment. I And I love the trailer shows you hints of the crazy big stuff that's going to happen in the movie but doesn't focus on it you know yeah. um you see spaceships and you see things exploding and you see um uh, Michael Shannon's uh General Zod for or you know whatever his character name is going to be because they haven't officially confirmed that it's General Zod oh. um yet yeah, uh you know sneaky or, sneaky decent or
2: whatever um they briefly show Amy Adams as Lois Lane Yeah mm-hmm. and that's
1: a great moment at the end when like he takes her hand at the end of the at the end of the trailer I thought that was a really nice moment and it's a... And I said on Twitter, me—I got chills like th- like three times. And- I I
2: don't know how I feel about Amy Adams as Lois Lane because I mean I like Amy Adams, I think she's a great actress. I still don't know if it's a good a great casting choice, but I have a feeling like it can either go great or like just you know badly. And I mean, it could be like James Bond, where everyone's like she he can't play James Bond, he doesn't fit like the profile and. Blah blah blah, and then turned out to be like the best James Bond ever.
0: But- what was a uh, movie she was in was it the Fighter? The Fighter, yeah. The, she was she, she was great. amazing in that. Yeah,
1: and she's sassy yeah. in that too. That's the reason that I I have faith in the lowest lane. Yeah, like yeah.
2: I think I think she'll be she's great in everything she's in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think it's more uh, aesthetics mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah, that um, step up over really Kate fit, Bosworth, though. Still, I think she'll do a great job with the role.
1: Definitely step up over Kate Bosworth.
3: Um, mm-hmm. You know, people tend to forget. It, we were talking about the, the tone of it. Um, the first half of Superman one, yeah. the Richard Donner one, is not the the way it ends, yeah, or, no. or the middle section, which, which you know, the, I guess that was a Newman's part of the script as opposed to Puzo's, yeah. But the Krypton Smallville stuff was kind of serious and yeah, kind of yeah. grown up, and yeah. It's once he got to Metropolis that Mm -hmm. things start to get a little lighter in character.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, I think there's going to be room in the movie probably for some a little more lightness. You know, Um, there's even there's lightness in the in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. You know, and Mm -hmm. and that's not anywhere near the marketing of those movies. You know, Um, I I think there's a majesty to it. I I think that you know, there's some breathtaking moments stuff that you see. I love the moment. It's you know, and it's. Partly fudged, but the moment at the, the last moment where he walks into frame and the red cape flows over and he yeah. says that line, you know, about being ready for Superman, I, I, I think is a is a really great way to end the trailer. And you know, I don't know much about Henry Cavill. I know he's in the Tudors, you know, and I know he showed up in a couple other places. Um, from what I've seen in the in the trailers, you know, I think he he has, you know, he has the right look. I think definitely, and he seems to have enough chops and enough soul, like just like in his eyes, to to pull off that dramatic stuff. Um, I, you know, this is and this this is going. I, I'm incredibly excited about this, and I think it's going to be great. This is a little nitpick, and this is just in general like um, a general Hollywood thing. When they when they want to make somebody like look like they've been on a journey, they always do the beard thing. Yeah, and I don't I don't. It's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, but but. I, I like it's, i don't think superman needs a beard you know he can have like a bad t- i i i'm fully for him finding himself and going on his journey but I think there's a more astute way to show that than him having you know a beard so, yeah you know, I, I think it's just a, a shortcut sorry sorry so it's
2: implied that there's a crash or something and then in this they he comes back all like you know scruffy yeah and then they released a poster this week too where superman's in handcuffs yes
1: and that's in the trailer as well. Is you it? See, yeah, yeah, you see a shot what of that of him in the, when he's talking about you know his dad saying that people weren't ready for, uh, okay. for Superman. He's in handcuffs, and uh, first of all, I like the idea of that poster. the The poster is horribly ugly. It, it looks like a screenshot, for, like from the trailer, made into a poster. Because um, it is, yeah, yeah. And I, I like the, I like the idea of that though because he's in handcuffs. Obviously, that he can break out of them, but it's not about that for him. You know, mm-hmm. he respects authority, and he respects, you know, people's opinions and stuff like that, and I think that is symbolically really nice. Um, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I, no time ramping, though, they said. So there's none of that Watchmen, like, slow motion, oh. fast punch stuff like that he's kind of famous for right um, since he started. They, they said there's none of that. I wonder the what the soundtrack's going to be like. Uh. I don't think he has much. There's a score. I don't think he has much oh, control good. Yeah, over that as he has not passed. Uh, Stephanie, are you going to say
2: something? Yeah, speaking of trailers, I know this is kind of sidebar, but Star Trek, did anyone watch the new Star Trek trailer? Oh, yes, there? I did. I did. Darkness. everyone else as excited I'm, as I am.
1: I'm very excited. These two haven't watched it yet. I don't no. need to
0: see the trailer to know that I'm super excited for that movie.
2: It looks really good. <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, I'm and really Benedict excited. Benedict Cumberbatch's yes. like, voiceover throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, Benedict
1: Cumberbatch is a great addition to that cast. And and, Alice uh,
2: Eve is great. And
1: Yeah. Uh, interesting that there's a... Drew McQueenie on HitFix posed a rumor about his character, um, and it's interesting. Like, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's Con. Like, and, and it's l-
2: supposed to be uh, Gary, I think. Um. But they said yeah, it's not
3: like Gary Mitchell from they, they the said, second pilot. Yeah,
1: but they said it's not going to be Gary Mitchell. Um, it funny that you he said he's like, and it's another thing. The reason why sometimes Star Trek is impenetrable, one of their biggest villains' name is Gary Mitchell. <laughs> 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 you know, like this guy who has like a god, a godlike powers. His name is Gary Mitchell.
3: Um, he passes through the galactic barrier. Come yeah. on, it stuff happens.
1: But there's a rumor that, and this is them playing with you know this kind of can they kind of developed. It's that Christopher, you know, the Christopher Pike character. Um, originally had a different name when they originally shot. It was like Christopher Ashley or something. Robert T. April. Robert T. April.
3: Sorry, sorry to no. Be it's a, okay. Sorry I, to be a Trekkie. I'm but, glad that you know, know that
1: because I couldn't remember the name and I didn't think we were talking about this, so I didn't. Yeah. But the the rumor the the rumor is that he's playing that character, and it's someone who's you know it it wasn't the same person. It was a person who was kind of lost or you know shuttled away or whatever, and he's come back to kind of get his revenge from being mm. displaced. From We're being written Federation. out of the script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a rumor going. Wow. Out. Yeah, yeah.
2: They also, I mean, if you watch, the Alice Eve's character hadn't been announced ever. Yeah. Ever ever Words. <laughs> um, and uh, she's been announced as Carol Marcus. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I truthfully haven't watched a whole lot of Star Trek, so that doesn't really mean a lot to me. But um, she, yay, exciting, she's exciting, anyways. The
3: last episode. Episode okay. seventy nine. All right, turnabout intruder. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll I mean, turn this into free enterprise. I should shut up.
1: <laughs> no, that's great. It's great to hear those things. <laughs> like I've never been a big Trek fan until until recently. So, um, but yeah, that trailer looks great. And it's it's funny because it's not even it's an announcement. Like they call it an announcement trailer for the teaser that's coming out, but it's a full <laughs> minute long teaser. Like it has a lot of stuff in it.
2: And the Japanese trailer has an additional scene as well. Oh really. Yeah,
3: I just have to correct myself. Carol Marcus is in Star Trek 2 Oh, okay. It's Wrath of He's Khan. In, it's that she's in Khan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> she
2: has a kid with. Uh, yeah. Kirk. Kirk. Yes. Briefly. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, he still has a kid. It's not brief. Just... Well, a
3: spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Star Trek three.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen it. And I, I haven't that. seen it either. So oh, I'll shut up people. then.
0: The only one I've seen is the um, what's his new J. one J. Abrams. The new one. Yeah. The new yeah. one. That's two thousand nine one. That's it.
1: Um, watch every Carl other Urban one. Carl used to come
2: in and shop all the yeah, time. Watch, watch the even that. numbers. When I used to work in h oh, awesome. for you Canadians. Oh, really? It was Carl, really exciting.
1: Mr. Carl Urban. Bones himself. <laughs> <laughs> True right.
2: story. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Superman and, and Star Trek, for that matter. It's going to be a good summer. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited for that stuff. All right, so moving on. Let's uh, talk about our books of the week. Oh. Uh, Stephanie, let's start out with you.
2: Oh well, that never happens. Woo. I know. I'm, I'm anyway, so um, I picked up an oldie. Well, not really too old, but um, a friend recommended uh, Darwin Cook's uh, adaptation of Richard Stark's Parker. Um, I don't know if any of you have read this. I've not. But I picked up book one, which is called The Hunter. Um, anyone? Anyone heard of this? Nope, no, I've no. I mean, nope. heard of
3: it.
1: I've never. I haven't read it.
2: Oh, Bob? Not even Bob? No, ma'am. Whoa. (laughs) Is 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 it the
3: one that they made the old Steve McQueen movie out of or something or no?
2: Um, I don't honestly know like that much about it outside of that. But basically, um, Darwin Cook adapted um, Richard Stark's novel and made this sort of gangster noir revenge story. Um, It's just incredible. Like it's it doesn't take you very long to go through. It's let's see here. I've got it just under 150 pages for book one it's printed on amazing paper and it's just done in like blue black and white mm. and it's stunning like, like blankets it's just... sorry go ahead
0: you ever see the book blankets
2: yes kind of like that yeah okay in that same sort of uh style as far as the palette goes um but it goes for pages sometimes without having any dialogue in it and Darwin Cook just tells this entire thing with pictures. And then there'll be a page that's, you know, got tons of dialogue and it'll go back to not having any. And it's just adapted from this. In- I mean, I haven't read the original novel, but he does, from what I understand, a really fantastic job of adapting it. And it's great. I have to go out now and buy, I believe... um, there's three books of this out now. So I'll have to go ahead and check out the other two, but you know, it's kind of this story of, um, a con man who, uh, gets betrayed and he sets out to get revenge on the people who, you know, stabbed him in the back. And, um, it, I mean, it's a really cliche story. It's been told lots and lots of times, but it all depends on kind of how you tell that story. Mm -hmm. Um, and Darwin Cook does it beautifully. It's set in New York, 1962, and I can't recommend it enough.
3: He does art and story here?
2: Yeah, um, so the story is, again, uh, originally Richard Starks, but uh, Darwin Cook adapts it. Um, He does the art, and he did the adaptation uh, for the comic. So, yeah. I believe... Okay, as I mentioned, there was there's a book one, two, and three, and I think book three came out, I want to say this year. Um, it's published by IDW. And um, the guy at the comic book store, I think said there's a fourth book that might come out eventually. Um, I'm not sure if it's different stories or if it's a continuation um, of the same thing. The title character, Parker... Um, I don't think I'm making much sense. The title character, (laughs) Parker, is, I mean, it leaves it kind of open-ended, but it it kind of reminds me of how one of these movies would kind of end, so I don't know if book two is a different story, different character, or what, but it's seriously worth checking out.
3: Very cool. We're all Darwin Cook fans around here, so, yeah. Well, if you read it for
2: nothing, or if you look at it even for nothing else other than the art, it's stunning.
0: Nice. Awesome. Another book to add to my list. Stephanie's always bringing stuff to the table that I want to read when she's done talking about them. Good <laughs> job, Steph.
2: So worth it. Maybe maybe if I, I... I mean, I'm going Christmas shopping tomorrow, so maybe if I should stumble across a copy of it, I mean, it mm. might end up in, if you're in your stocking, maybe. Ooh. maybe. Are you talking <laughs> to all our listeners? Wow.
3: Well, no. yeah, I hope you brought it <laughs> up for everyone.
2: Metaphorically, it's in all of your stockings, but... Probably just send just your, of your, your
3: home address to the email <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> Um. alright cool so that is Richard Stark's Parker and it's a
3: Darwin book the first book
2: book's called The Hunter. Hunter again it's put out by IDW um, it's been out for a while so uh, there's a good chance you can find it at um, I mean your local comic book shop or if you have a used bookstore that happens to have comics um, you could probably find it there as well um, for anyone who's in the Toronto area, BMV has a collection of them that are pretty reasonably priced. So, um, if you're listening and don't own it, um, check out BMV. Very cool,
1: very mm-hmm. cool. You get it. You can get the the first volume on Amazon for sixteen bucks. Woo! So there you go.
3: Good old Amazon. Good old Amazon.
1: Yep. All right. Bob, what do you got for we're, us?
3: We're uh, running late today, so we'll cut this short a little bit. But Red, Red She-Hulk 60, which I was uh, going to be a little skeptical about. The first right. two were good, but not what I wanted. But here, Jeff Parker, who's, who did such a great job before on Dark Avengers, mm-hmm. has really ramped this up. We've got uh, the, the Earth is apparently set up to be a supercomputer, which gets in, they do a whole mm-hmm. Doug Adams riff eventually. And that's where Betty has gotten her glimpse of the future. Uh, things are going bad. So it's why she has to take out this government project. So you get to see the process of that. Yeah, lovely panel. And it, I'm going to mangle this name here. So it's Carlos Pohulian. <laughs>
0: that's
1: pretty <laughs> good. Uh, okay. And Wellington Willing-
3: Alves. Uh, a great panel where you see Betty having reflected on what they did to Bruce, chasing him around the desert. And all, you know how bad the Hulk Buster's thing and the soldiers went out a uh, great sequence with the Avengers early on where you see that she's not a rampaging monster and they sort of diso- discover it too. But if people have jumped off Red She-Hulk, you may want to come back on because what's going to start to happen here is going to be big. So that's that's a goodie. Hmm. Uh, then it's Avengers 1. All right. Ah, here we go. Jonathan Hickman, uh, look, for everyone who came late to the Fantastic Four party and had to spend seven years playing catch-up with the storyline, um... This is where you need to jump on. This is huge in scope, but still personal. Uh, moments with uh, just lovely dialogue. Characters we've never seen before, and it seems as if you must have. Uh, we've got three villains who are going to reform Earth. Uh, change evolution with the, with their origin bombs, as they're calling them. And when a couple of Americans... Well, actually, no, it's Perth and... Uh, Rio, some, some other city gets Origin <laughs> bombed I'm now drawing a blank uh, Catches the Avengers' attention Interestingly, it's, as the a lot of these now books Have been, we get multiple time periods We're, we're back and forth all over the place Yeah, there's a lot of jumping around going yeah. on He's famous for that So we've got four storylines going at once But there's a moment here That if it doesn't sell you On, on his take on this character We are dealing with World-dominating villains here they take out everybody. Mm-hmm. Captain America makes a statement, and I wrote this down directly. I bet you think you've won. Well, ma'am, you haven't, not as long as I'm standing. Mm-hmm. That's what Captain America does. I mean, that goes back to the Korvac saga when they're, you know, he wiped out an entire room of Avengers and there's one person left and it's Cap, and he's worried about Cap. Um, I, people buy this book. Moving forward, you see the, the new bigger team We've got the Falcon flying around and Cannonball and Hyperion. It looks like from the Squadron Supreme. I this is just going to be spectacular. It's a great opening chapter. You open up all the larger storylines. Pretty special, Stephen. Now you came to FF later, so how do you feel about ground floor Avengers action?
0: Well, it is quite interesting to to read something of his from the start. I mean, I mean this is not this is not FF. This is going to a completely different team but the interesting thing to me and what i'm glad wasn't lost was that you know as long as i've been reading hickman especially of fantastic 4 that it takes a certain type of uh like epicness to the writing and just to write cosmic stuff in general and i mean from the very first page of avengers 1 i mean it starts with a bang literally mm. um of all this stuff coming into existence man planets whatever and I just, I opened up that first page, and I saw that, and I was just like, in my head, I was like, yes, this is going to be, like, the fact that I was telling you, um Bob and I went out for, for wine the other night, and I was telling him that I was so glad that when I opened this, that it was what it was, because... We already have Kelly Sue's uh, Avengers Assemble, which very much captures the tone of the film and has like, you know, the laughs and the pokey fun stuff and whatever. It's still got a couple of serious notes on it. But for all intents and purposes, it's it's a fun Avengers Mm -hmm. read Um, of people coming off of the films or Marvel choosing who's going to write the mainline Avengers book. Like, this is it. Like, people that are coming off of the films, if they're looking to pick up a comic book based on the Avengers, this is what they're going to be, you know, this is what's going to be suggested to them. So instead of them sitting him down in a room and being like, okay, listen, you know, have you seen the Avengers movie? Okay, good. Well, we know that you do what you do, but we kind of want you to do that. Can you do that? and they didn't apparently didn't do that they trusted him enough to to write his own thing and do what he wants to do with it and there's already like interplanetary elements to it there's a huge huge like planet-sized threat already in the first issue that's been established um all the personalities uh of the characters are there there's a couple of quiet moments that are really good i don't want to spoil anything for anyone that hasn't read it yet but um it just it has all the makings of being an an important and just a a journey of a story like i cannot wait to see what he ends up doing with this i mean if he if he pulled me into the fantastic four as much as he did and i only read from 600 on i didn't read before that so for him to have converted me or bob really did but to have grown as attached to those characters as I have over the past year if he's gonna do that for me with the Avengers then I am overly excited and I'm all for it and out of everything from Marvel now that came out between the two fraction books of Fantastic Four and FF and Avengers like those are the three Mm -hmm. for me those are the ones that like every time they come out that month I'm gonna be like bouncing off the walls
1: Mm -hmm. uh yeah I mean I think it's great I, I it's we we talked a little about this a lot in the last couple weeks, c- talking about Hawkeye and like the style of the book. And there's definitely a uh, overriding style to the book immediately. Um, like there's a you know there's the chart at the beginning of the the, the mm-hmm. book that tells you which kind of like you know which Avengers are going to be in the ring for this you know this adventure that you're going on. Um, I will say it, it. I think it's smart of him, even though obviously he's going to a much bigger story and there's a lot of characters introduced that. We have no idea who they are. Um, his initial team is the movie team, you know, the people in that spaceship going to the other planet. You know, th- that's they're the movie team. It's mm-hmm. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Um, I think that's a smart move. Um, I-, I think the book looks amazing. The Jerome Pena art, it, yeah. I-, I think, is gorgeous and um, modern, but feel- like especially the Hulk feels old school. Oh, that
3: one panel of him charging yeah. into the camera, so to speak. Yeah, is it
1: has a very old school look to it. Um, I will say that I do like that cat moment a lot, and it echoes also what's going on in his own book. You know that that line that his mother says yep. to him at the beginning. I think that because he's beginning to tell a very big story, I think this issue is a little light on. Character moments to me. Like, there's not, there's so much to get through. There's so many characters to establish. You know, there are these villains who I have no idea who they are. um, But it didn't bother me. That didn't bother me. I was fine with not knowing who they were. I was like, okay, this guy is obviously some sort of like crazy, like, you know, alien demon looking thing that's going to try to destroy the world, but thinks he's doing a good thing or whatever. I can, that's easy to to process quickly. And I'm sure I'll learn about him as we go along.
3: They seem to have their own little. Quirks yeah. towards each other, which, which is, is nice. Interesting.
1: Like, and there and, and not to say that the, the characters weren't boring or stale, but there was not a lot of depth there to me. Um, and the Hickman writing I have read in the FF that that it's all about that. Now he had a long time to lay that groundwork, and I'm not saying that th- this is going to be devoid of that. Um, but I do feel like it's a little light on you know character uh, pathos and and stuff like that. Um, but I was fully entertained the entire time and I I can't wait for issue two. And they also, he also lays the seeds for new Avengers in there with the Illuminati showing up in that, in that one panel. Um, it's a, it's a cool concept. I like the idea of them getting bigger and having to, you know, we've, we've done all these huge things, but we're always, you know, reacting to situations instead of, you know, stopping them before they happen you know being preventative so i like that idea you know um i like the idea that even whatever you know however disappointing avx was um these books are definitely playing off of it you know um and trying to fix the universe in a lot of mm. ways and i think that's interesting i think that it helps investment you know it get, makes your investment feel worth it um if you didn't like those books to be getting a payoff in books that you do like so, I thought it was really good. Um, Stephanie, did you get a chance to read it?
2: Not yet. Okay. I have it. haven't had a chance to get okay. into it yet, though. Cool. Will, though.
1: Cool. Um, all right. So, I'm going to talk about my Book of the Week, and then we'll let Steve close off because I don't want to close off on a negative note <laughs> on our Book of the Week. So, I'm going to talk about Thunderbolts number one, uh, mm-hmm. from Marvel. Uh, it's, uh,. Danny Way, I believe, is a writer. He wrote Deadpool for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about Thunderbolts. The new Thunderbolts team is the Red Hulk, uh, Electra, Punisher, Deadpool, Venom, and Purple Girl, who we don't know who. <laughs> is. um,
2: Wait, well, that isn't actually her name, though. No, 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 no,
1: it's not. But I, I don't know who the character is. And they. Okay, I was
2: gonna be like. really? No. and it's I've the one read character that, yet. that sounds awesome. Yeah.
1: It's the one character who they don't really highlight or tell you their name or give you like a, you know, a scene. She's just kind of is places. Manic um, panic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to to sort of, I was excited to read the book. Um, I, I I like, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Red Hulk, but um, I've I obviously loved the Rucka Punisher stuff. Um, the Deadpool stuff has not really good so far. I think the Venom stuff with Remender writing it w- w- was really good. Um, and Elektra, I mean, obviously I haven't read very much w- with her, but the stuff I have mm. read has been great. It's obviously been handled by stuff. I only stuff I've read her been the stuff that's handled by great creators. But, you know, um, I'm excited for that team. Um, and I'd never looked at the preview pages of the inside of the art because I hate doing that before the book comes out. Um, and this is one of those times where, you know, The cover art does not represent at all what the inside of the book looks like. The cover art is painterly, and I don't know if it would work throughout an entire book, but it's at least interesting to look at. Um, The art inside the book is just, it's pedestrian, you know, in the worst kind of ways. Nicely played. Um, You know, it's... (laughs) It's... it, It... It has sort of like that, um, it has a more cartoony style to it, you you know, Um, and it just, I don't think it works for the book, Um, you know, there, especially there's, there's a scene, there's a scene where, there's scenes where Thunderbolt Ross is going around recruiting all these members of the Thunderbolts, and there's one thing where he's recruiting Venom, and he's in Somalia, and he's fighting these terrorists, and it's like perfectly blue skies, and you know, it looks like it's, and it, and the tone of it is is so muddled and weird. It's like, is it, it's, it, it seems like it's supposed to be funny, like the look of it's so crisp and so clean, and what's happening is so kind of gruesome that you think, oh, this is supposed to be funny, but then the way the scene's going, it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be funny. You know, it seems like. Venom is killing multiple people and Thunderbird Ross is just standing there watching him do it going, "You want to be part of my team?" Yeah. He's like, "Wait a second, man, I got to finish this, you know, killing the guy." Yeah. And it doesn't work at all. Um it, it's the the framing device with the Punisher is lazy and and, and uh poorly written. You know, Steve was joking about this off mic, but there there are times where he'll say one thing and then it's like three panels of emptiness. Yeah. And it's just a a bad way to move the story along. Um, You know, it's basically General Ross telling the Punisher how he put this team together. But it doesn't work. And then there's, like, the whole plot of it is, you know, he's got the Punisher captured. So he's basically blackmailing him with death by all the people he's wronged in order to join the team. It doesn't feel... And maybe this is, you know, this is the way they're going to be taking the Punisher, um and you know Rucka is obviously leaving he's off the book after after Warzone. It doesn't feel like that Punisher at, at all. No. You know, it 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 feels like a scummy killer to to me and and the Punisher at his best is never a scummy killer. You know, that but he, he looks like like a mobster to me in, in this and none of the character reactions work. None of the portraits I feel like mesh up with the characters in their solo books uh, at all. Um and I just, I don't get the impetus for them all really coming together. You know, there's a speech that's supposed to tie it together and it doesn't really work for me. You know, the Thunderbolts make sense be, in their traditional form because it's like the Suicide Squad. It's a group of prisoners who are, said, we will give you a chance to get out of jail if you be heroes for a little while. But here you're you're just grouping together a bunch of people who are either heroes or anti-heroes. Who aren't ever gonna end up in any of those prisons anyway. You know, yeah. so what's what's their impetus for doing it?
3: Well, it's one of the real problems with this, the original Thunderbolt concept, going all the way back, Kurt Buzek, is it was B, C, D level characters pulled together, everything was on the table, who would change, who would be who would end up good, who could die. Nothing can really happen to these lead characters except Purple Girl. Right, yeah. You know, they all have their own books. Everything will be fine at the end, so you're ready. Grant, the Avengers is that way too, but you're invested differently. Here, who cares? Um, It's funny, you mentioned how nothing seems the way it's supposed to. The Deadpool scene, I suppose, is supposed to be hilariously funny where he's in France killing mimes. Yeah. But it's not. It just Mm. sits there on the page. This art is flat, stiff. I don't know what other way to to put what's going on with it. It's Mm. just, it's not entertaining. No. And it's not dynamic. No. It's competent, you know, for the most part, except for Electra has a new superpower we don't know of. She's apparently pneumatic on one side rather than the other. <laughs> um, I, I'm i one and done. I'm out.
1: Yeah, me, me too. I'm absolutely done.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Steve? I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no sir. Good. I don't like it. Um, no, I... Um, my biggest problem, not my biggest problem, my first problem I should say with the book was the art um this was the artist that worked on that avenging spider man uh issue mm-hmm. that we all loved, yeah, but the art, everybody obviously mm-hmm. was saying that it was um, I don't like his style. it looks like a lot of these panels it looks like they're trying to go to the bathroom. they've all got that like squinted, furrowed brow, you know, too much Starbucks going on <laughs> um. It really bored me. And it's a shame because um I'd heard the name I mean I only I've only heard the name Thunderbolts. I never read anything and I've been hearing it a while from Bob and I have all of the, the Dark Avengers slash Thunderbolts. I still don't really understand how that works. I don't need to learn it now. But um I was like optimistic, I guess, and I and I knew that this was the artist and I tried to put that aside and just read it for what it was and it was just so much of of nothing. Like there was nothing to grab my attention, nothing to grab my interest. Uh, characters I had no idea who they were, uh, and panels of nothing happening. Like I, I was pointing out before the show that it took two pages to have a discussion about something, where all the conversation did was loop around on itself, and nothing was gained yeah. from two whole pages. And I think about four or five of those panels. We're just blank of people with their, you know, their eyes shut, their teeth grit, and I just like, mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not a good book. No, it's not very, it's not good um, at all. I mean, I said that I would buy at every number one of Marvel now to give everything a fair shot, mm-hmm. and I'm in the same boat. I will not give this a number two. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dark Avengers comes Unlike out this week. Unlike every other character oh, in the book. Yeah. Okay um
1: all right so yeah so that's negative steve close us off book of the week with some positive
0: yeah let's talk about something fun something fun and something creative and something a little different um somebody had written into us not uh too long ago and was saying something about how we've been talking a lot about dc and a lot about marvel lately and um i mean we have that's really just what's going on right now especially with the marvel now stuff um, this is what's happening in the, in the comic, comics industry. Everything else is kind of running its course with the, you know, occasional title here and there. But, um, I decided to jump back into my collection, see what I could pull off the shelf. And, uh, one day I had gone to uh, a couple different comic shops and I made it all the way home without spending any money. And I was very proud of myself. And then I got a text message from Bobby. And Bobby reminded me that one of our local comic shops, uh, Fourth World, was having a big sale on that Saturday. So, of course, after running around all day, I got back in my car, drove all the way back down to Smithtown, which is a good, like, 40, 45-minute ride with traffic. And I happened to pick up a book uh, from Image called Town, which is something that Stephanie had uh, suggested to me a couple months back I'd heard about it several times but never bothered to pick it up or give it a chance. And I sat down to read it yesterday and I think I was about like, I even in the introduction, I was hooked uh on this book. You know what I'm talking uh, Stephanie, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> thanks thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for You're that welcome. input. All right. So what Emmy Town is, basically, is this um this girl named Emmy Lennox, who is the artist and writer of the book. She was interning at uh top shelf comics and instead of, I guess, keeping a traditional diary, she had decided to represent her her daily activities in little like cartoon snippets. Uh she has all these all these characters, reoccurring characters of friends and family and stuff like that. Um her friend, uh, she calls her Jamestown. You get to learn about her dog, Henry. And there are other characters throughout the book that are like pieces of her, that they're, they're representations of the emotions that she has throughout the day, but she chooses to express them in other characters. Like there's Ocean Girl, there's White Heart and Black Heart, which are good and bad days. Uh, and then there's the cat army, which, you know, leads to a lot of uh, humorous stuff. But what it is is it's basically you're reading a sketch diary uh, from May 2009 all the way up to April in 2010. So you're essentially reading um, a person's life in comic book form and you follow it from day to day. I mean, there might be a, a day missing here or there, but you essentially start off right smack dab in the middle of this person's life. And as you keep turning the pages, as you keep reading, like you start to... Go out and you know, go out drinking with her. You go to work with her, you hang out with her friends, you go to the vet and take her dog. And it all sounds like I don't know, almost like a little like voyeuristic in a way. But the presentation of it is so creative and so damn funny that I mean, I couldn't help but fall in love with it. I I was totally entertained by it. Um, I love all the little vignettes that it has, it has a lot to do with music. Um, a lot of what she listens to, I guess what she listens to while she's creating the comics and, um, I guess on her iPod as she's going to work where you get to learn a lot of personal things about this person, but you're still reading a comic book Mm -hmm. and you're still reading a collection of all these different funny scenarios that would fit into any other comic book, but it happens to be this person's life. Mm -hmm. Um, it's super, super charming. It's super funny. And you'd be surprised by just how much you you realize how much you start to enjoy it because, you know, this is a real person doing real things. And you'll be reading and all of a sudden you'll come across a, an event that was something that was famous or worldwide that you were there too. Mm-hmm. So like I, the death of Michael Jackson, for example, like I remember exactly where I was and who told me the moment I found out. And, you know, you're just reading this book and all of a sudden you get to that point in our history where, you know, our generation's greatest pop star had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so she pays a little bit of a tribute to him by draws a little character, a caricature of him, says a few words. And then the following night you're out uh, drinking with her at the karaoke bar and you see her and all of her friends uh, doing karaoke to Billy Jean. Um, she'll talk about something like a like a tomato plant on one page. And you'll go, like, about two months will go by, and you didn't hear anything about this plant. It was just some, sounded like a mundane thing that she did. But then all of a sudden, you'll turn the page, and, like, flowers sprouted. And now the tomatoes are coming in, and there's all these plans on what she's going to eat with them and all this stuff. And I was, like, really quite surprised by how interested I was in this Mm -hmm. tomato plant. It was cracking (laughs) me up. Um, So, yeah, I mean... If you wanna they're they're on available on Amazon. Um she's got her own website. I don't know the name of it off, offhand, but um if you wanna check out something really different, something really cool, uh there's two volumes so far. I would have to check out to see um if the comic is still going on. I'm pretty sure it is. Um so. what's up? I think so, yeah. I hope so. I have to find out. They're but, printed
2: through image. I don't know if you said that, but Yeah. I did. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I tune you out sometimes. Yeah, I know. I'm you kidding. Do. I'm kidding. I don't. You totally but do. I that's don't. okay.
0: I tune you out as well.
2: Oh, whatever. Be that way. But anyway, but I Emmy, mean, like, um, there's a lot of people who do really great sketch diary type things, and that's kind of the art style that they can do, and that's it. Emmy's a fantastic artist. Like, she's the comic is so well done. It's so incredibly well drawn, mm-hmm. and. She's just so talented outside of that as well. Like um, if you see her at any conventions, she usually has like a limited print that she'll do for each convention Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful. So if, I mean, if you like the comic, great, but if you don't, you should still follow her art because she does a lot of things outside of that as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, the book itself is, is extremely expressive. And um, that was one of the things that I was, I was telling the guys earlier that I signed myself up for, um, for art lessons because after reading this book, like it really kind of inspired me. And this was just yesterday afternoon, that it really hit me that I, I want to start to put more um, expressiveness into my own artwork. And it was kind of this book that kicked me in the ass because it's I almost want to start a routine where I have to draw something once a day, just to get myself back into the habit of, of drawing and expanding what I can do. And doing something like a sketch diary would be perfect uh, for that exercise. So, um, I don't know. I'm still reading it. I'm only 75 pages in, but I am completely hooked on it. I can't stop reading it. It's highly entertaining. Like I said, if you want something different and you want something that's that's still going to entertain you, it's still a comic book, but um, I, I, it's the only word I can come up with. It's really original. I mean, I know other people do it, but for it to be available in this form and to follow somebody this way is just a really creative way of doing it. And uh, I loved it. It's uh,
1: Emmy Town. which was E M I T O W N dot blogspot dot com. There you go. And it's every updated every Tuesday and Thursday.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So there you go. Sweet.
1: All right. So finishing off our book of the week on a positive note, um, we're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about the DC Creative Shuffle and our idea for categories for our. Talking Comics End of the Year Awards. First of our topics here in the second half of the show is going to be um, our uh, the DC shakeup that's going on right now. Um, some of it pre-planned, some of it seemingly not pre-planned that, that that's happened. Um, we'll start off with the, the 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 biggest one first, the one that I guess was the most controversial. Um, uh, Gail Simone is no longer writing Batgirl. Um, she tweeted, I think it was on Sunday, about this. Um, and you can read about it on talkingcombooks.com We have, we have a story up about it. Um, that actually Bob, that Bob wrote. Um, she was informed via Twitter, uh, not via Twitter. That'd be even worse no. than yeah, email. Uh, email, yeah, <laughs> email that she was no longer a bat girl. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's what happened. And it was funny because this is, this is, this is totally a side note, but I think it was two weeks ago or a week ago. Before we started the show I, I I think it was Bob who said to me, yeah. "Oh, I heard that Gail Simone is not exclusive to d c maybe we should talk about it, and I was like, "Oh, it's nothing like what a, a maybe much- she's not exclusive to d c like that's not a story and then this thing broke um so uh Bob um what, what is, she's she, you know, Gayle Simone' has been on Twitter since then. <sighs> Hannah's been very positive about about what's she, been going on. She's, she's been a
3: completely class act. Yeah, she's here. been
1: doing a very good job about that. You know, she you know some, she said, you know, stop sending negative emails. These people stop sending threatening. It's ridiculous. Like it's a business thing. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but purely from a creative standpoint, how does this? make you feel here's
3: here's the real problem you know it certainly is it's it's a work for hire situation Mm. you know she doesn't own batgirl she Mm. didn't come up with it it's their business to do what they want Mm. you know the classless way you let someone go who's been nothing but supportive of your company Mm. so we go for their first when they were rebooting into this new 52 uh she was she had been off birds of prey for a little bit but it was it was still oracle and when they announced they were going to restore Barbara Gordon to being Batgirl, there was outrage, you know, because Oracle was a special character to a lot of people, particularly uh, you know, here's a character that spoke to a, a portion of the audience that hadn't been spoken for before the disabled. And uh, Gail came back to do Barbara to, to ease that transition. So she, she pulled their fat out of the fire, mm-hmm. you know, made it all work. Have, has a very successful book. Apparently, it's according to one source, it's the biggest-selling lead female character in North American comic books, and the trade paperback debuted at number four on the New York Times bestseller list. So it's not that, but the, it, it's got to be a creative thing. And we, we're, I don't want to speculate before she makes a statement. But there was this Twitter exchange she had with Mike Nelson, you know, white white change uh, writers. So she had started a blog years ago called Women in Refrigerators about the hideous treatment of female characters and what was going on. So Mike's comment to her was, did you not put enough women in refrigerators or something? Her response was, funny you should say that. Um, So, go ahead.
2: In response to that, um, there's already been some talk, actually, uh, that she'd had a conflict in the death of the family storyline, and she had wanted to take the plot different places than what DC wanted her to. So, I mean in the end like you said it's not her character it's Absolute. not just her story to run it's dc's story to uh, help create uh, and if there's going to be creative differences and again we don't know exactly what happened but you know
3: it doesn't seem
2: completely uh, uh, unrealistic that she'd be taken off the book
3: no but the difference with this as opposed to a lot of other characters people were very passionate about barbara and The Birds of Prey and how that all worked. Well, he had strong female characters and based on uh, some of the other things that go on over there, we're down to how many female writers at DC and Ascenti and sometimes Amanda Connor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we, could go, we could all talk about Catwoman again and stuff going on in uh, Legion and some of these other things. She may not have agreed with them doing something with Barbara and everything else. And um, so again, her their character do what they want, but then the blowback on it—if you change things around—this book is not going to be one of the biggest selling characters moving forward.
2: Okay, so I, you guys know, I've loved Gail Simone's run on Batgirl so far. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I guess you know, in yep. general now. But um, I mean, what she also didn't say is her contract was up. So I mean, she tweeted that she was fired—or not fired, but I guess. Taken off of Batgirl, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that, from what I understand, her contract was up. It sucks that she got f- fired via email, but DC has also stated that they're not firing her from DC. They're, mm-hmm. you know, gonna have her on other books, just not Batgirl right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean,
1: I mean, yeah, I I always kind of balk at 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 criticizing or talking too in depth about the. The, you know the way that a, a corporate culture runs itself, because I have no idea how DC treats every other writer. You know th- they could write the same same email to Scott Lobdell mm-hmm. about Superboy. You know, they, or they could write the same the same email to how, you know, maybe how they do things. You know, if somebody's contract is up, or the the idea for the run is over, or or whatever. You know, we also don't know what the conversation between DC and Uh, Gail Simone had been leading up to this point there could have been a lot of their conversations where they were like listen if you don't do this if you don't do that then we're gonna let you go you know so that might just be like the culmination of of those conversations you know I like Gail Simone's work and I think she does a great job and I love Batgirl and and you know we've talked many times you know about you know female creators and female characters on this show Um, but you know and I don't know Gail Simone from the hole in the wall, uh, pers- uh, you know personally. Obviously, I've never spoken to her. I don't know her at all. Um, I don't know how difficult she is to work with. You know, I don't. I don't know any of those things. So I, I do have a little. I do get a little prickly when criticizing those things, just because I don't know the the circumstantial evidence looks very bad pointing towards DC.
3: Well, again, you know, if she was mm-hmm. so prickly to work with that she did this character for mm-hmm. seven years. Well, I'm, I'm, but I, th- yeah. th- I think there's a different based on all the, how many uh, as we continue to talk about how many mm-hmm. creators they're shedding. Yeah. Of late, it starts to say they're looking at something else, and the fear of someone like me who's read I, I was reading I would have read no DCs mm-hmm. in the reboot except she came back to do Batgirl. Right. Um. Uh, I think
2: it's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um. I mean, she was saying that Brian Cunningham, who is the new editor uh, for Batgirl. Mm-hmm was the one that did the firing. But I think the important thing here to look at is he is a new editor as well. So they're clearly replacing people on the Batgirl team, yeah. not just Gail Simone. Yeah, She's again saying that she, I think the tweet was blah, 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 new editor, Brian Cunningham, but new editor, they're clearly trying to take Batgirl in a different direction than mm-hmm. what the previous editor and Gail Simone were taking it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, People are thinking this is a really personal thing against Gail Simone, but I think that's a really unfair statement to make.
3: Well, uh, I mean, let me, DC let me... didn't
2: come out and say – make an issue a statement saying that we won't be working with her ever again. Mm-hmm. They didn't disown her like they disowned, say, Chris Roberson mm-hmm. um, over the whole iZombie stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know – yeah.
3: Let me just say this. This is a character and a creator linked in lots of people's minds. We, I will use and it's not even the royal we because I'm one of those people are taking it sort of personally. Cuz this character in the form it's been in over and the growth she experienced over these years after being mangled by Alan Moore, um it's been uh Redemptive. It's it's been a great ride to be on, and based on what they're doing with their other female characters, it could be a one eighty shift.
1: Yeah, but I, but, but, but you, I think you're using Catwoman as sort of like an umbrella uh, uh, idea what's, of this. What uh,
3: Starfire? Starfire. Listen, Harley. Can we uh, show me the female characters that are not that Catwoman? Bat, okay. There's
1: nothing about Batwoman that's that.
3: Wonder Woman? W- Wonder, Woman
1: Wonder, Wonder, not, Wonder Woman is not over sexualized in, in their books at all. No, she's hyper violent. You might not agree with you might not agree with the tact that the writing is taking on Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is not oversexualized. No,
3: I didn't say that. Right? She's hyper violent instead.
1: She's very violent, but she's a very self possessed character. So you can't account for personal taste necessarily for everyone, Bob. I th- I love the Wonder Woman book. And I know Stephanie is enjoying it. I know Steve's enjoying it as well. So that's personal taste. I understand your personal taste against that. And I don't want... I, I'm not saying that the way they portray Starfire illustratively is bad. You know, I don't like it. But I don't think that the way they've dealt with her generally for the other parts of that book except for that first issue or two has been that way. You know? Um. Sorry, go ahead, Stephanie.
2: I'm just going to bring it back around to, like, Gail Simone here for a second. But, um, I mean, the trade debuted at what, number four, you said, Bobby? Yes. No, Bob said that, yeah, but yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought Bobby said that. But anyways, um, but how are the individual sales? I mean... Uh, it's about
3: 60000 a month.
1: Good, good, really good for a Batgirl title. I mean, I went over this when I was doing the ranking. Yes,
2: them. but good as far as, I mean... Good in general or good as far as a back girl title
1: well I mean it's but it's you know, before good in general
3: if the highest books uh, yeah. are one hundred something and they they yeah. they're running books at twenty five and twenty eight is a real solid yeah, seller.
1: before the before the relaunch it was at like at ten or twelve yeah. and it it's do it's doing very very well for them um i I don't think her her chain the changing of guard i I wouldn't think it's anything to do with sales, and I don't know how you up those sales you know unless unless you bring on you know, unless one of the the, the really big wigs is going to come in and write it, I don't know how you boost the sales. You know, by changing the writer. And again, I think this is part of the the, the, the part of this argument that bothers me. And this happened on the internet in general. It happened when some people write for our site as well. Look, Gail Simone leaving the book that sucks. She's a great writer. We have no idea. We, th- this guy uh, Ray Fox is going to come on and write a two issue arc. But, we have, no I-
3: <laughs> but we have
1: no idea who he's also I think he's helping on um, he's coming on to just like dark with Jeff Lemire. He's a friend of Jeff Lemire's. Um,
0: really
2: awesome.
1: <laughs> um, we don't have no idea who's taking over Batgirl. And, you know, oh, what do we know? Who's Sorry. No, taking, we, don't. we don't. Right. Um, I was about
2: to say something and then I was like, nope, you just said that. OK, <laughs> uh,
1: so uh, I, I think before we get the pitchforks and torches out um, on the book, let's wait to see what they put on the book. You know, because if it's somebody great and it it, it gets people excited, then that, that's a that's a different story. You, you know, uh, if this leads back on a bad path, that's a bad thing. But the truth is, like, it's easy to take it personally because you love the character and you like Gail as a writer. But it, it's not a it's not a personal thing. You, you know what I
3: mean? I think that DC will find for a lot of people it is a lot of those 60,000 people are, have followed this character over this journey. Mm hmm and are not pleased with what's gonna, well, what happened and what you, will I happen. I mean,
2: you're saying that, but I mean, and Bob, I'm 100% behind you on that, but you don't know who's going to take it over. You don't know that those 60,000 are going to become, you know, of those 60,000 people, you know, 40,000 stay. So she takes 20,000 with her and then say they bring in, and they won't, but Grant Morrison, you know, people are going to be like, well, shit, I'm going to read that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what people will do when we find out who's writing it. You don't know who's writing it, so I think it's unfair to say that you know it's gonna lose a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. They might be behind Gail Simone, but <laughs> they might also wind up liking who replaces Gail Simone.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I think the oh uh, no, I, I think that's about Swamp Thing, which is a different story. But Steve, you have you've been you've been quiet.
0: During I this just kind of let you guys conversation get it all out of your system. Uh,
1: what what what's your opinion on this?
0: Um I'm trying to remain optimistic. Um I tweeted to Gail Simone and and, and and this is a true story that her run on Batgirl prompted me to go out and buy over 100 issues of of back issues of Batgirl that she just made me fall in love with the character and be interested in her and actually I believe she was number 1 on uh the list of our uh female characters during um Women she in was, Comics Week. She yeah. Was, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, you know, everything, it's weird how with such differing opinions between Stephanie and, and, you know, you and Bob that every, each one of you is right in a different, a different Mm -hmm. way that you guys pretty much at all said what I, what I think. But, um, I think it's a shame the way that it was done. I just think that regardless of like the behind the scenes stuff that no one really knows about, I think that. According to the public and according to the readers and the fans, and just it's a very rabid group of people that to have to have let somebody go that's as iconic and as established as Gail Simone that the way that it sounds like to have to have like you know made your morning coffee and sit down and go and open up your email to start your day and you find an email and it's like, oh yeah, by the way. You know, we've reached a decision that you're not going to be on the book anymore. Um, it's just extremely impersonal. And whether it was a, you know, obviously it was a business decision and they had their reasons. But it just, it doesn't establish a lot of, um, like, comfort in the situation. I think people, it's easy for people to to f- misread that uh, gesture as one of, like, dismissal. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I know I certainly did when I first heard about it. Um, again, without having all the details, without knowing their relationships or Gail personally or anything like that. Um, I, I hope that the book continues to be good. I hope that whoever they get to, to replace her does, uh, an admirable job. They've certainly got their work cut out for them. Um, so I don't know. My initial reaction was, was one of, was one of anger and bewilderment, but I, have learned a lot of the times that I say things on the podcast and then I experience them once they happen and then I go back and I listen to myself and I have a tendency to put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> so um I'm going to remain as optimistic as possible with still feeling a little dirty about how everything went on.
2: Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this again. Okay. I love Gail Simone. I love her writing. Um but I think it was a little immature of her to even post what happened on, like, Twitter without a statement mm-hmm. explaining what happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, she's um, a she's it a was, shit starter uh, on Twitter. She's a shit starter on yes, Twitter. Yes, I know,
2: but she's getting all this sympathy from people, and I that's fine. It was a shitty thing for DC to do, mm-hmm. but that being said, she shouldn't have posted that. That is not professional in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure it wasn't professional. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, let's let's talk I about being sure, professional. But, being you know, fired
3: by email is not very professional from their side either. No matter how many other people they do I mean, it to, yeah. it's,
2: it's not professional yeah. on their side. But okay. she's a creator that's going to keep working for DC. And she's going to be burning bridges if she's going to do stuff like that. And then we won't get anything from her for DC. You know, for all we know... They wanted to take her off Batgirl because they felt like she had reestablished the character to what they wanted Barbara Gordon to be in this series. And now, say, I don't know, hypothetically, you know, they want her to work on something like Catwoman and fix that character and the royal fuck up that they've done with her. You know, like we don't know these things. And she might be having this. She might have. had. I mean, she apologized for the tantrum she had on Twitter, which is nice. But. You know, it wasn't. It probably wasn't Brian Cunningham's decision to let her go. And when they couldn't get a hold of her, or if if they did, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But you know, it's not going to be him that was the one that was like fire, Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, and he's gonna. He's a new editor on the Batgirl series. That's going to get a really bad rap. And for all we know, they're putting her on something again, like Catwoman or Suicide Squad to right. fix Harley. Uh, we don't know Harley. these things.
1: I will say this, too, and I'm a little bit of an advocate, too. When a similar situation happened um, a couple months ago, and it was Rob Liefeld who was saying the DC editors were fucking up stuff and they released him in a kind of unprofessional way, we were not so quick to come to his defense because we don't really like him that much, you know? So I would say that... You have to be careful a little bit how you, how, you know, wh- well, what hand you, you you know you deal when these situations. He had a
3: much bigger meltdown. It was his attacks with well, Scott Snyder that we she sort of went at.
1: Harsher words. At. He used harsher words, it but, any less. but I'll say this about her tweet: like she could have she could have said, "I was let go by DC today. I will not be writing. Oh, I, I will not be writing back. I got a message today. I will not be writing back, girl anymore." She made it a point to say that she, it wasn't an email, and then kind of disappeared. You know, because she knew that it would start the, the fire that it would start. She was probably angry. And just like any, if, if your boss, call, even if your boss called you and said, sorry, uh, we, we don't like the direction you're taking right now. We're going to have to let you go.
2: then be, they would have made a shitstorm about them calling and not doing it in person.
1: You've been pissed off. So I will say this. I think that she wanted to this to happen a little bit and she backtracked, which is fine. I, nothing against Gail Simone. Like she's a human being. You know, like, the human beings have these emotional responses. What I'm saying is, I, 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 and you're saying this too, and it's, 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 a, it's a point about, the, you know, fandom in general. I, I, you, Stephanie isn't sitting in this room with Bob, and you're not seeing Bob. Bob is, like, looks Livid. tight right now. I'm, <laughs> well, I mean... Because,
3: well, say. let me just say one thing quickly. There's a difference between Rob Liefeld, he's a big guy, writing six issues of Hawkman... And Gail Simone having written six years of Barbara Gordon. Okay, yeah, but she is not... But again, like somebody she's said, she's not, not being, fired from not DC. six
2: years worth of firing. This is her DC 52 run being over for her. Mm-hmm. This isn't her being fired from comics indefinitely. This is her being moved on to a different project. Mm-hmm. Like they do with like all the creators in the DC 52 seemingly since they've started this. A lot
1: of people have gotten shifted. Yeah.
2: And it's, I mean... I, I don't think that's really. She, I mean, it's nice to kind of keep the things coming out, and like someone else is going to bring something different to this story. And again, you don't know who's coming to this. Right. Well, we we the, love what she did for Barbara Gordon, but who's to say that we won't love what the next writer will do?
1: It's very true. It's very true. And, and uh, Bob, I, I will say this: this is something. About the way you handle, it. and it's it's why you're so passionate about the things that we talk about. But you know, Gail Simone is going to be fine, <laughs> you, you know. And I think that taking it so personally, and you're not the only person who took it personally. A lot of people on the internet took it very, very personally. I think getting personally angry about it is a little bit tough, just because. Look, yeah, maybe the email thing isn't a professional way to go about it. Again, like I said, I don't know how they I don't know how they told Peter Milligan he's not going to be writing. Justice League Dark anymore. Like, I don't know how they did it, you know? I don't know how they told Paul Cornell that he's not going to be writing Demon Knights. Maybe he left that book. Maybe, but whatever, you know? Um, you know, or how they told any of these writers who they shifted off books before, you know, the New 52 that they weren't going to be doing these books anymore. So I don't know how they do that. I I, I don't want to point out like they're, they're treating Gail Simone badly because I don't know how they treat everybody else. Um, but yeah,
2: I, I mean, again, it's bringing it back to this whole thing where she acted out Again, Rob Liefeld did it in a more extreme way, but he burnt that bridge with DC. And again, going back to Chris Roberson, he acted out because of something that happened and burnt that bridge with DC. Gail Simone acted out, and yet she's still getting work with them. So I think we should kind of be grateful that we have that because most people that throw a tantrum at their bosses don't get rehired.
1: It's true. (laughs) It's very true. Um, It's it's definitely a a multi-layered issue, and... um, you know, but in the end, it's an employee getting let go by an employer, and that's and or shifted projects. Even she didn't even get let go; she's getting shifted. Projects. Again, because
2: her contract expired. Contract expired. On that
1: girl. So, you know, I I don't know how those things work, especially in a giant corporate structure. I don't know how those things work.
2: Is It even really considered a firing if her contract yeah. expired. They just didn't renew it. They've just. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean,
1: I, I don't know what the behind the scenes stuff is there.
2: I I don't know. Anyways, but yeah.
1: I don't know. Where, I think like we're starting to repeat ourselves a little bit. I don't know if there's yeah. anything else you want to close off with before we go. No, sir. Okay.
2: Um, hey, oh, Bob. <laughs> I'm just trying to no, play we'll, a devil's advocate a bit well, here. i I'm not I, gonna, I love Batgirl too. We'll and talk off. we we'll I know you love it even more. But there's there's got to be. She. You know, could, I'll briefly say. Got to say, it, say w- the horrible things. It
3: would have been nice for a creator who's so attached to a certain thing to have gotten a victory lap, a bow out. Or to have done this in a different way than they chose to, whether it went public or not. And if we're, you're going to take a character that has stood for one thing for years and years and years, and if there's a quantum shift in what this character is about and is representing, that and that's what caused this shift, that could be a real problem for readers and not them, but for the people who were passionate about it before, myself included, it, End of the line.
1: It could be. And, you know, and if that happens, that'll be a shame. But we don't know that's what's gonna happen. We don't know if it's just a simple, you know, if there, there's a story point, a direction that Galesma wanted the character that just didn't line up with the way they wanted the character story-wise to go, you know, and the point they couldn't get past it. We don't know that, you know, so I'm gonna wait to see what they put on the book and hopefully it, it, it's somebody great, you know. Um, all right, uh, moving on to a, a less dramatic shift. Um, Scott Snyder and Yannick Paquette are leaving uh, Swamp Thing. Um, This is not a, we got fired. This is a, they were going to end it actually earlier than they ended it anyway. They're going to issue 18 and he's ending his run. It's more of a, you know, him trying to manage all the projects Mm -hmm. that he's doing now and kind of, I guess, the new station he has in DC as far as, you know, his level of stature as a writer. Um, uh, Steve, you've been reading Swamp Thing, right?
0: religiously yeah
1: uh me as well um stephanie you you read some of the swamp thing right
2: uh i haven't i've read um, read animal man animal man and i intended to get to the point where the crossover started and then read swamp thing but Mm. everything else (laughs) (laughs) life. i'll get to it i have everything i'm updated on all the issues i just need to find the time to sit down and read them yeah
1: Mm. um it's been because you know uh, Snyder's obviously writing Batman. And we talked about that a lot, and you know we, we've mentioned Swamp Things several times, but I, I you know it's more it's his more kind of under the radar book sure. uh, as far as the two, the two main DC books that he's writing. Um, but it, it, it's really been something uh, something great, and it, it's uh, it's a shame to see him leaving it. Um, I completely understand. You can only write so many books. He put American Vampire on hold as well because he needed more time to write other things. Um, and now the the rumor is is that Steve Niles. Ooh. Um,
2: oh no, he. Oh, he can, already. He he said that's not happening. Oh, okay. Oh, I just
0: got excited for nothing.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, he put that on Twitter that that was only a rumor and that's not actually happening. Gotcha.
1: Well, oh, well, then I'll, I'll reset the rumor to where it originally was that an image creator is going to be coming over to to work on Swamp Thing. Um,
2: I think. Uh, there was a bunch of Twitter stuff going on about that, saying the Green Wake team should come and do that.
1: Ooh, that'd be good. Curtis Riley, I don't Riley think that's the case, but on uh, that would
2: be a good team. Swamp
1: yeah. Thing would be great. That's a good good thing to 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 gab about though. I mean, that's a interesting uh, team to take that over, Steve. Yes. Now, I had no experience with Swamp Thing before I started reading the Snyder Run. I don't think you did either. No. So what what have you taken away from the Scott Snyder Run and Swamp Thing?
0: uh well i mean first of all it's it's been one hell of a of a journey mm-hmm. um and to have worked so closely with jeff lemire and to cross uh cross the two characters between animal man and uh swamp thing with the whole rot world arc has just been something um rewarding mm-hmm. that that is that has come to fruition i mean we had when we had scott uh on the show a while back, I mean, we were just spitballing with him about ideas for that and stuff like that and um heard how passionate he was about it, how excited they were. And um it's just really cool to see two creators um that are such good friends. I mean, I see their interactions on Twitter and I mean, it goes beyond just being in the business together, like, you know, family gatherings and, you know, inside jokes and stuff like that. So the chemistry um that's happened between those two series but um it's crazy like as much as I love Animal Man and I do and I it's incredible and it's been a lot of fun there are times when I find myself uh erring on the side of Swamp Thing just because I mean the art for for one is is psychedelic and and just richly detailed it gets a little um, you got to spend time on the page a little bit, but, um, it's, it sets itself apart from other DC titles. Um, it's got a lot of character to it and a lot of just uh, a lot of personality. Like you open up a Swamp Thing book and you see those crazy panels with all the roots dividing all of the the panels and pictures and everything. Yeah. Um, Abigail Arcane, uh, has become a really, really just a fantastic character, uh, Arcane himself is is a great, disgusting, <laughs> decrepit villain, mm. and um, I mean, for my people, keep telling me to go back and read Alan Moore's yeah. uh, work if I really like the the Swamp Thing character, but um, and I'll do that. But I'm I'm just really glad that Scott Snyder's run was my first experience with the character because Swamp Thing was one of those things that over time I always knew that he existed in the comic world, but I never bother to look his way because it just seemed like a you know six foot one bale of seaweed <laughs> run, running around I didn't know what his powers were I didn't know where he came from and Snyder just managed to give him such a like a mythology uh almost with all the all the different uh like the nature gods and the the waxing and waning of nature's way on the planet and stuff like that and it made him it made Swamp Thing so important to the overall thing of what was going on pretty much in the entire DC universe because if his part of the universe fell apart, everything would fall apart for everyone else. Mm-hmm. He kind of keeps the world at bay and he yeah. keeps things from, from taking over mm-hmm. that other characters are, aren't even concerned with. It wasn't until Rot World where he was really even a part of the DC-52 outside of his own little world mm-hmm. and they built it into that. And now it's affecting everyone. Yeah. And uh, it was really quite um, almost like a sleight of hand a little bit uh, in the industry and and in the 52 and it's really clever stuff. So um, I thought it was kind of... It was weird because the whole Gail thing happened, the whole Gail Simone thing happened, and then this got announced, and it was just the Gail Simone thing just trumped it as far as news, and I really didn't hear anybody's reactions. It was like maybe three or four tweets that were like oh boo and but it's it's one of those things where it was bound to happen eventually Mm -hmm. uh i'm glad to have had him on the book for as long as we have and i think that he's laid the groundwork for whoever does take it over that they have a hell of a plate to to work with and a a playground to play in Mm -hmm. and uh i just hope that they do it justice and i hope to see i'll follow the character you know into the next uh creator and see what they can do with it yeah absolutely it's uh i mean bob did you read the alan moore stuff
3: no i can't say i read the bernie Mm -hmm. Wrights and stuff years and years back when you know they actually had man thing and swamp thing come out basically the same month from Mm -hmm. two different companies so not read that one
1: and uh, i mean the only i ever knew about Swamp Thing before i i read the book was the uh the horrible movie oh less said about those the better it's really atrocious movie um yeah i mean i see echo what steve is saying about it and uh I mean, obviously, it's one of my favorite creators leaving a book, so it doesn't make me happy. But he's gonna end his story, end his kind of his tale of mm-hmm. Swamp Thing with issue uh, 18, and and then we'll we'll move on from there. I mean, he's got other books coming out, and so um, we're not losing him as a writer. It's just it's a shame that a book that I might not have picked up, or you know, if it hadn't been for him, I I you know it's gonna he's gonna be yeah. gone from it. Uh, and the last shakeup, I mean, it's this is much much less news. Um, Birds of Prey is getting a different writer. Uh Jim Zup Z- Zubkovich? Zubkovich? Zubkovich, I'm gonna say Let's go no, that looks right. Zubkovich, yeah. who is the guy who writes Skull Kickers, um, is going to be uh writing Birds of Prey. I've heard iffy things about that. So he's taking over on that. Um you know, I have no idea what's gonna be like Mr the, the you know, they released preview image of the cover, it's gonna be Mr. Freeze is the villain, um hmm. and Batgirl is gonna be back in the fray as far as uh, the Birds of Prey go. Ah. So, um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's obviously, it's he must be like, this is the, not the perfect week for me to be yeah. announced as the Birds of Prey writer, considering all the Gail Simone stuff. But, um, you know, uh, the problem with that book for me, Birds of Prey, I think it was, I can never say his name, right? It's like Senowitz or... Bill Sienkiewicz? No. Sienkiewicz, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can never know how to say yeah. his name. It's just, it was kind of just Magoo. You know, it was just a little bit meh. You know, and I hate that word, but it was just just didn't flow, it didn't do anything for me. It wasn't necessarily bad, it just didn't bring anything to the table.
3: Well what made Birds of Prey work was Oracle. Mm. It was the whole idea of it was always a changing team. Whoever got pulled in needed to be yeah. sort of what the fearless defenders will end up being over at Marvel. Right. Uh once you pulled that element out of it, you know, Black Canary was a secondary character now thrust into the lead and it never quite worked. Mm-hmm. I never bought an A. I read too many of this new run never <laughs> never seemed to take off for me either and i'm a fan of the book
1: yeah so i mean uh that's the shake up uh, uh i mean the, the gail Smoan thing is obviously really the tenor if you guys have any comments you want to write in info at talkingcombooks.com or at talking comics on twitter or uh, facebook.com slash talking comics. All right, so. Um, can we for,
2: please not kill me about the comments I've said? I swear <laughs> a lot of it was just playing the devil's advocate gotta, on this thing. You so, got to make the argument run, you know, That's the, Don't you know, kill it's me a, people.
1: It's a discussion. If we were all like, yeah, she, she, she was in the wrong, it wouldn't be a very interesting discussion. So,
2: Well, still, I don't want everyone thinking that I was anti gail Simone and Batgirl and all that, because okay. you guys know I love it. So yeah. just, just for the record. All right. You've
1: made it clear.
0: And at Wednesday 9 a.m. Stephanie lost a bunch of followers <laughs> <Yeah>. on Twitter. <laughs> oh. why did I lose 70 followers? What happened? Oh no, the
1: podcast came out. Oh <laughs> wow! All, right, all right, so we're going to end the show with, with with some with some happy stuff. Um, we're getting to the end of the year here, and uh, last year we didn't really do we did personal lists, but we didn't really do a site wide. Uh, best-of-the-year list. Well, we
0: had just gotten started yeah, pretty exactly. much. We yeah. were still crawling.
1: Yeah, we were still crawling. We really weren't reading much past the DC stuff, so we didn't really feel qualified to you know, do a real kind of
3: Right, how many issues you would have been in? Two or three? Three or four. Yeah, I think okay. we were
1: like three or four in. Um, so we didn't really feel qualified to do it, but this year, obviously, we've had a whole year under our belts, hardcore reading comics from every publisher and every author and you know, reading a lot, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to come up with a list here, or not a list, we're going to have a set of categories here. Uh, and I think a lot of them are going to be agreed on, and we're going to kind of like talk about some other ones. You know, we don't have a limit on categories, we just want to make sure we don't have any doubles, and we don't, you know, we, we, if we all decide one of them isn't necessary, we can, we can, mm-hmm. we can uh, exclude that one. Um, so let's start out, I, um, let's start with a couple of the big ones here. We definitely want to do best ongoing series.
3: Absolutely. Um so That's uh, our best picture Oscar Yeah, yeah, right so there. If,
1: I don't think everybody agree on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um I I, I don't know. If, I thought about this too, maybe a, a a best Marvel, a best DC um and maybe a best independent
0: as far as issue or no, arc or a what. A
1: series on
3: like Well, they'd be on the list though, right? right but the thing uh, is like if you don't have one, I guess.
1: But this that's what I'm saying like like best ongoing is everything obviously Um, and you know you might have two image a a Marvel you know a a Dark Horse and maybe a DC but I mean there's a a whole category of books that won't even get mentioned that are very good if we're just doing you know overall ongoing you know I don't know I don't know what you guys think Stephanie what about you
2: um uh, yes yes Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> wow. Was that your brain yeah. computing?
2: Yeah. Beep, boop, beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I I don't know. I got nothing.
0: I think that's fine. I mean, I think it's important that we um have some categories that include uh stuff like image and IDW Yeah, and absolutely. Like that. Yeah,
1: I want that stuff to get mentioned and I I want like you, you know, w- w- you know, let's just say like, you know, this is not even I don't think it'll be either list maybe, but like the amazing Spider-Man. It's not going to be on our short list of five best ongoings for the whole year, I won't think. Um, it's not on mine. Yeah, but mm, no. you know, but it could be on the Marvel one, you know. So at least we'll get we'll get to talk about it because a lot of things I like to do. We're going to spend a lot of time debating our our, our lists down, mm-hmm. and part of I like this stuff is because we get to talk about great stuff, you know. And, and and I think that some things get deserve to get mentioned. Even if they don't deserve to get nominated, you know, and and the more categories we have, the more mentions we'll get. And I I think being positive and talking about the things is never a bad thing. Okay.
2: Well Uh, what about this? Did you say okay, just to clarify, uh did you say best of DC and Marvel as separate categories or DC Marvel together?
1: No, separate categories.
2: I would lump them together because like the best of the big publishers, say. Um, Because I will list Five Marvel books that I don't really give a shit about because I don't really read Marvel. <laughs> I can tell you right now, there'll be two books on it. And that's it. Okay. Captain Marvel and X Force. Um, there you
3: go. Spoilers. But, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, again, it's these, these. But probably X Factor though. X Factor. Oh wait,
2: yes, X Factor. I don't <laughs> know okay. why I was looking. Damn you, iPad! Right. Whatever.
1: But, Anyways, but yes. Yeah, I mean, that and that's totally valid. And I I, I, uh, I but again, like these are going to be like site-wide things. So yes, you might.
2: But I mean. If we do that, if if we do best of Marvel, best of DC, it kind of starts to get a bit invalidated. Are we just going to put every book that was good on the list? Well, no. Like, I mean, it, it, I mean, it doesn't make the list. It makes our lists weaker because those books wouldn't have showed up otherwise.
1: Right, and again, I'm not even talking about for your personal lists. Like, you don't have to have a personal top five Marvel books. But I'm talking about like for the site-wide like awards, y- you know, uh, doing a best Marvel and doing a best DC. Um, I think you
2: could still lump them together, best of the big publishers, because again, it to me it weakens it when you have to do separate categories because they wouldn't bother to make the books on their make a list on their own.
3: See, I would just vote that it would be a little redundant if we mentioned some of the same books two or three times with that same discussion. If I'm going to pick. Of 12 books I've written down, and four of them are Marvel, four are DC, then they're going to get brought up on two different lists. What I think might be good if we take the four lists that we have, we have 40 books, mm-hmm. and parse them out of there, and then, okay, from those 40. Well, yeah, we've but I'm got, not going
1: have my top 10 list right by the time we get record to record next week we doing all this behind the curtain people we're not going to be recording we're going to be recording in one big lump next week yeah <laughs> so we have time off during the holidays because our recording days would be christmas day and new year's day mm-hmm. um if it wasn't for that um uh okay so i i can deal with that i mean if we did a if we did a you know a best like you know best of the big two and a best independent um you know that would that would make for the it would represent the two the two sections. I think that's a good way to go. You know, because yeah. um, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like you know the Oscars; they do do best documentary and best animated film. You know, it's not like they everything has to be lumped into that one. That I think one. There thing.
2: should still be a best overall. Oh yeah, though, absolutely. Yeah. There is yeah. going to be
1: best overall.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that's our big. I didn't one. want them to be. No, our... I didn't
2: want them to separate from what was actually you know. Yeah. What no. We considered to be. The best comics.
1: No, there will still be like the best, like the best ongoing, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that'll be kind of our best picture or okay. whatever. Um,
2: the best picture
1: of our awards. Yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, Bob, you had some other ones that you, had sure. you brought up?
3: Uh, single issue or one shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm cool uh, with that.
3: Okay. Mini series or limited series.
1: I agree. Absolutely, yeah.
3: Story arc.
1: Story arc's interesting. You
3: know, story arc within a series.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I believe IGN is doing something like that as well, oh, yeah. and I thought that was a really interesting category, so. I cool. don't
1: know. What do you mm-hmm. think, Steve?
0: I think that's going to be a really hard one to narrow down for me, is what I think. Well, that, I'm not
3: that, thinking about you guys. That's the I'm the fun just of being it. really selfish <laughs> over <laughs> that's okay. here.
1: That's That's the fun of it.
3: That's the fun of it. Writer?
1: Yeah, definitely writer. Yeah.
3: Artist? Well, Actually, can
2: I add on to the best writer one? Yeah. Um, In a separate category, someone, and I'm sorry, I didn't write down who tweeted this because I've been running around all day today, but um, somebody suggested most improved writer or artist. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a really good category because, I mean, there's a lot of creators Mm -hmm. we started talking about when we first started doing this show who have come a very long way.
1: Yeah. Like most improved creator. (laughs) 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 I think that's a good one.
3: Uh, writer, then we have to have artist, obviously. Well,
1: I think we do creator. I think we can put into one no, category. No, but I mean if
3: we're, we're we're doing most improved creator. Yeah. 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 Right.
1: But yeah, but I, I, I include writer and artist in creator. No,
3: I just meant we were doing a writer category oh, and then yes. doing an artist yeah, category. Yeah, best artist. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yes. My bad, Bob. I didn't mean to
2: interrupt you. No, it's blue. okay.
3: Um, cover? Yeah, we'll do cover. Yeah, we got to have cover. Okay. Um. <laughs> We discussed slightly off the air the idea of there are a couple of things that are smaller categories that maybe we should give out as the Oscars do their technical awards, you know, <laughs> sort of off camera. But the, I think we should think about humor, a kid's book, uh, an anthology.
1: My only thing, like I said to you, have, uh, Mike, before Stephanie got on yeah. was my only problem with those is, well, I think they're valid categories. I don't know if we can come up with five nominees. Can for I have one. a suggestion? Yeah.
0: I think that we should decide amongst ourselves who's gonna who's gonna win those and we should do like a quick like tiny category mm. category mm. runoff where one of us reads like, and we gave the awards to, kind of like we were talking about before. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like the technical right, well, awards. When we finally do the awards <laughs> yeah, right, like show, they, we'll just mention them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, yeah. oh, while well, you know, well you were off getting popcorn and using the bathroom, yeah. we just, the it's Academy right. decided that so-and-so yeah. got, you know, awards for yeah. best makeup. Mm-hmm. A week ago. Did my at sta- cat
1: get a vote? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. A well, we sure. could
0: go at the Stable Center. Stephanie hosted an award
3: ceremony right. Right. for the
1: technical right. awards. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so, Yay, so one of the things I would add to that one would be an archival project, some sort of reprint that, you know, I mean, Bob, I'll take project. those because I okay, don't like that's fine. not even in my um, my view at all. all right, so then some other ones people have mentioned as biggest disappointment.
1: We can definitely do a biggest disappointment. I I want to leave the negative categories to as little as possible, but we can definitely okay. do one.
3: Uh, so then, on a positive aspect, most valuable player. As yeah, you pointed we a, out, we had yeah.
1: a, a listener uh, tweet that as I think that's a great idea, like doing a most valuable player as far as the comics industry goes.
3: Yeah, you know, who did the best to move things forward? Yeah, so for the year, so
0: I know the winner.
1: <laughs> uh, what do you think about that, Stephanie?
2: I I think I think that's a good idea. I think some of the categories we're getting into are a bit uh, we're getting a bit long. Like we're going to wind up being like the Oscars, where people hate to listen to us <laughs> for a good chunk of the show. So I think we need to kind of narrow these down a little bit more. But what? I do like. A lot of the categories that we've suggested so far. Well, I mean,
1: like, like, like the thing about like the best humor, best children stuff. That's going to be like, I, I have, I have nothing for those oh. categories. Like We're not even
3: going to do them on the air, probably, except yeah. to announce them. Eventually,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, th- 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 those won't be like a, 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 a yeah. thing.
3: No discussion. Those
2: could be like a listener choice thing. I don't know about for the actual show itself. I th- yeah,
0: yeah, no. No, I know. I, I think agree they you. could be included, but not debated. Exactly. Is what I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll save those for the actual like awards show, like the the actual like. Uh, you know, the one we do on the the 9th the, the or whatever will be, yeah. you know, we can, you can mm-hmm. announce things you like about those things. But for our actual debate, I don't want to get into
0: Right. That. I mean, even if, like, you're saying how, like, you know, like, you don't have any suggestions for it. Or even if the answer is obvious, mm-hmm. we just say, you know, this is a tiny little category. This is what we felt mm-hmm. was the best, you know, the shining mm-hmm. example of that one thing. Mm-hmm. And just say, like, kids book. Superman Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. If you're going to read any kid's book from, you know, 2012, you should pick up the series.
3: Right. We debated it off air, so you didn't have to listen to it. Right. We don't have to say yeah. that. <laughs> um, uh, biggest surprise of the year?
1: Uh, th- those, that category is tough for me because like, I, I, right now, sitting here thinking about it, I, could, I couldn't even think of one.
2: But I think that might be... I, yeah. that's, I mean, that's good. But I think that sort of ties into... Um, what will come up a lot in the independent issues yeah okay um because there's certain books that we all really you know expected to do well and then like a lot of the books from image which were kind of just had no um no real uh awareness beforehand and they just sort of showed up and you're mm-hmm. like wow this is fucking awesome yeah right. like i feel like a lot of those books like again something like revival would be on a list like that for me, mm. and it would just be very image based, right?
1: Because you have no expectations coming into mm-hmm. it. It's stuff that you know the problem with a lot of those big characters. I mean, something that we talked about, My Little Pony, last week or whatever. Yeah. Like that's a surprise yeah. that I enjoyed that book. You know, but the I, I feel a little bit bad as Stephanie's saying about you know. I'm going to say oh yeah like The Massive was a like, surprised me how much I loved it but that's cuz I didn't know anything about The Massive before yeah. it, it came mm-hmm. out you know
3: Actually in some ways it's like baseball when it's the you know, comeback player of the year yeah cuz some guy was on you know steroid rehab or yeah. suspended <laughs> and he has a good season afterwards yeah it's...
1: you know it, it, so I mean gotcha. I do okay. think like uh we might want to do one that's um you know we're doing best ongoing but you know the best ongoing could be it could be X-Factor, it could be Batman, it could be all these, but uh, maybe Best uh, best New Series as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think okay. that's a good category to have because there's a you know, like Hawkeye's new, you know, Captain Marvel's new, you know, there's a lot of new stuff that came out this year, you know. I like
3: that a lot. You know, yeah. so,
1: you know, they might, because I, I, I feel like, I feel like we have a lot of interesting lists, but I just want to make sure that we do recognize some of those series, you know. Yeah, I
3: think New Series is a great idea. Yeah.
1: Um, and the ones that there might be a, one or two overlaps, but I think that will show how strong that series is. You know, it's like, you know, the right.
3: new series makes your yeah. best list. It's like yeah. rookie of the yeah. year winning MVP. Yeah. You know, it's I like it's that. the
1: same sort of deal.
0: Um, Steve, do you have any more ideas for categories? Uh, I'm just tossing a couple around in my yeah. head of um, maybe like um, best representation of a character or best recreation of a character. But I don't know. What, what, how would we go about? Yeah, I know. I'm just doing I'm, that.
1: I just I just don't know like I guess I'm having trouble understanding like what you mean by it. Well,
0: it's like it's it's how um, like Hawkeye for mm-hmm. example, how Hawkeye is like now he's he's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know that that book has just captured a lot of people's attention. Something like Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. um, that character has been reinvented. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we talk about though in like best new series, we would talk about
1: okay. We're gonna, yeah, but, I mean, I, yeah.
3: I mean, if it gets absorbed into something else, that we
2: can skip. We're gonna, gonna get redundant.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would go into writer too. I guess we'd end up discussing yeah. writers yeah. who did yeah. a good job on yeah. something. like that. but absolutely. no, I
0: think what we have so far is good. I also think that we should probably put a cap on how much we're going to to do because if we have too many categories, then it's just gonna go on. Forever.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want to have too many. One, one, two, three. How many four, do you have? Four, found six, out so far? Seven.
3: Bob seven real ones. Uh let's see. Then uh best new would be 8. Okay. And if we go most improved or most viable player, we'd be about 10. And then okay. th- our technical awards for off-air. So we're about like 10 categories. All right. So right I
1: right said I think we can, I think I think 10 is a good cap. I think it's a good round yeah.
3: number. So if we
1: can get to around 10. Now let's let's seven, do you have any more ideas for categories?
2: Um I'm trying to decide if maybe we should do a separate like Uh, for the best, most improved, um, most improved writer, most improved artist, because I feel like there wouldn't be a lot of overlap with that. Like, for instance, some of the artists we've talked about on um, the show, uh, when we were talking about our favorite artists in the industry, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of artists that are great, but haven't had a lot of work. And I feel like a lot of those people can kind of make it onto those lists and writers and Artists okay. don't really always overlap. Okay.
1: I mean, that, that's a fair point. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that would bring us
3: to... We're like a 14 now. Okay. We're 14. O- <laughs> on- ongoing. Okay. Single issue, okay. mini series, story arc, writer, artist, mm-hmm. DC, indie, both best ofs. Yeah. I forgot those before. Um, Most improved writer and artist gets us to 10. Okay. Uh, And then it's best new, 11. Uh, MVP okay 12 okay no we're, I'm sorry we're 12 12 yeah, how would okay.
2: we do the MVP though
1: well I think that one's interesting because it doesn't because I mean it can be it can take us outside the world of just writer artist which is what a lot of our categories are going to be you know like you can pick an editor who haven't like personally I, when we get to this in a, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing if we did that category like Stephen Wacker the guy who's the editor of Captain Marvel Punisher you know um, I believe Hawkeye um, Gambit what?
2: Isn't he Gambit as well? Or
1: is he or Gambit? I'm not, I'm not sure um, but like a, a ton of books that are I, I think are just fantastic um, you know he, I would not him like someone like then you'd also go to someone like Mark Wade because of all the books he's writing plus the digital stuff that he's like the thrill mm-hmm. bent stuff you know um I think it just be a, I think it would be a really cool category to to talk about, you know. Um you know maybe Kelly Sue, you know, we'll, we'll have to, you know, actually have that debate, but
2: I think I like that, but I feel like if we don't have um limitations on that, the that the nominations could get kind of ridiculous. Well, I
1: mean we we only have to, we can only do 5 for each category. <laughs> well, as far, as I know, four, I know,
2: five. but I'm saying I, I don't know how we would narrow that down because if you're going to have such broad, you know, um, no real boundaries for it, it's just kind of like, Oh, well we're going to throw editors, inkers, uh, colorists, uh, you know, pencilers, cover artists, writers, uh, you know, just all these things. It's just, how are we going to narrow that down to five?
1: We debate it until we decide something I five we agree on. It's like everything else, you know?
2: I don't know. I just feel like that's a really broad... I I like it. I just feel like it's really broad. I I
1: know, and I agree with you. I think it is broad. But that's kind of the reason that I like it. You know, I I think that most of our categories are, uh, you know, by design, obviously, are very narrow in their focus because they have to be. You know, uh, I I think... I mean, we might try it out. We might get get into the debate and we might not be able to figure it out. And we might go, okay, we're just going to scrap this category. It's not like we're, you know, married to anything but um i mean i mean if everybody else doesn't like it i'm willing to get rid of it i just don't uh, you know i'm that's just my case for it
2: okay
3: it could be a fun debate i think we may have to try it on to see if it works steve
0: (laughs) i got nothing (laughs) (laughs) okay okay
3: no, honestly, I, I, I don't know.
0: I don't know how I feel about it either. Um, I'm kind of on the fence with Stephanie that I think it's a really, I think it might be a, a topic that's almost too big for something like this, just because of how many different jobs there are in the industry that it's going to be like, let's say one of us gets fixated on, on a person and you're, you're arguing your case and we're debating and whatnot. If, Like, if you haven't been reading that person's work, are you, like, you mentioned, what was his name, Steve Wacker? Mm -hmm. Like, I have heard that name, and now that you've said a few things that he's attached to, like, I know who he is, but I haven't been following, I don't know how much i'm not going to feel the value of him if you go on about him for let's say three to five minutes and tell me all the things that he's achieved unless i've been in on the ground floor just to read the work that he's worked on i'm not really going to have a position on it so i think that we might have to um either limit it or again just just merge it into maybe another category i don't know it's it's a really like she said it's a really broad Thing. I mean, an overall player. There's so many people for so many yeah. different reasons. Absolutely. And again, also, like, uh, I think
1: that obviously we will take as serious as we can the silly thing that we're about to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but in the end, it's a list, you know? And look, you guys seem like you're not into it. So. Well,
2: no, it's not that I'm not into it, but I feel like if we're going to do shows based on these things, um, that would be a show in itself. Okay. Which I think maybe hmm. we could do, but maybe not as part of the award show, just as maybe, um, you know, like MVP, who you should look out for in the next year in comics mm-hmm. as a start to 2013, as opposed to maybe adding it into the award ceremony.
1: All right. I like Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I can go for that. So we can cut MVP. For, uh, I, I
2: think we could have, I mean, I, I think it's a great, idea but again look at all the time we've spent debating just whether we should have the topic or not yeah (laughs) i feel like this could be a whole show um, (laughs) as opposed to just trying to debate it for 10 15 minutes and then moving on
1: that's that's a very good point it's a very very good point all right so what do we got now Bob? 12 we're at 12 we're at 12 Uh, i mean i feel
3: comfortable with 12
1: I could live with 12. Yeah, I think we should stick with yeah. that. Do you want to list them off? Just, we'll, okay. list,
3: um, Ongoing series, mm-hmm. and then a separate award for DC, Marvel, And independent, yeah. Single issue, one shot. That gets us to four, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. write this down it's this four. time. Uh, Mini series or limited series. Mm-hmm. Story arc. Mm-hmm. Writer, artist, cover. Most improved writer, most improved artist, best new series. Okay, twelve. So we're at twelve.
1: Um, now this is interesting because, and this is just I want to p- throw this out there. The I, I like I like that best ongoing is like our best picture, um, and I guess this is more addressed in our personal lists. Um, but for some reason, it feels wrong to me that the number one award like has to be an ongoing. Well,
2: series. that's why I said we should do an overall.
3: Yeah. You, so you want to do an overall as well? Okay. That's so yeah. That's what I was. So, so the, it's the DC, Marvel, and indie, are just overall, not necessarily ongoing.
1: Yeah, but also, I think she's talking about one umbrella that's like, could
3: be, you know... Um,
2: Mini-series, could be... Yeah, like, any
1: of those could be, like, we could do, we do one that it might have... We have three
3: separate lists, and we pick one champion. Yeah, it's, so essence. it's sort of like,
2: the
1: nummies. in those, it could be um, Underwater Welder, um... Could
3: know,
2: be a graphic novel. Could be yeah. It right. Could be so it's anything. not even a
3: series. Just best overall achievement. Yeah. B- best comic book.
2: You
0: know? Yeah. I was just or, say be- we don't have a best graphic novel. Like well, that, I, well, that's, that's one single shot, issue or one single shot. Single issue or one shot. Oh okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so so let me ask this then: Do we think then, if we're gonna do like best overall comic book, should we not have ongoing, ongoing, like ongoing DC Marvel? And indie, and just DC Marvel indie,
3: and then best overall comic book. Mm, no, I, I I think ongoing series is important. Just okay. for the consistency that somebody did a year's worth of really good work. I'm just I'm just asking. Right. I'm just, but I just mean, I think go ahead, Steph.
2: I'm not a big fan of. I, I mean, I like that we're going to be honoring the bigger stuff and the smaller stuff, but at the same time, I could do without those and just do, uh, like homage to all of the best period, not divided up by publishers. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know
1: what you're saying. Um, I mean,
2: we spend a lot of time talking week to week about, I mean, there was a time during the show when I'm pretty sure between Bob and Bobby, there wasn't a week for like three months where someone didn't talk about Fantastic Four. Right. And like, I I mean, yay, that's great. But I I think that we should have really diverse mix of things and just kind of you know, I don't think it necessarily needs to be its own thing. Cause, I mean, we know you guys like Fantastic Four. Do you know what I'm saying? Right,
1: but again, but, but I, I think where I'm coming from is I'm trying to make it more diverse. Hmm. No, you know, no, I get that. I get that. I wasn't doing it so we could talk about those books we always talk about. Oh, I no, was. No, no, no,
2: no, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean it as an insult. No, I,
1: I didn't know. Mean but i like that or anything. But. I know, but I'm just saying like that's what in my mind was more going towards. The reason to have. The like the best indie category as well as the best Marvel and DC category was just so there would there be books that something maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot would get into the discussion.
2: You but know? we can always do an honorable mentions as well.
1: We can absolutely, and yeah. I think that's fine. So if we're gonna do the the best overall category,
3: um, should we have three best overall categories? Yeah. D- a DC Marvel, big publisher, small publisher, and then best overall is that that now gilding that lily too
1: Yeah, that's that, that I think that's what she's saying. So I you know, if we were going to do we're going to do best overall, I would say it, 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 the thing is we can't cut best DC Marvel and not cut best Indie, you know.
2: Well, we could cut them both then.
1: And then we can yeah. cut them both. I'm saying if we if we cut one, cut we got to cut bo- both.
3: Cut them both and do go best overall. overall.
1: Yeah, so do ongoing and overall but not the individual companies. Yeah. Okay.
3: okay. That gets us to 11. All right.
2: Because I'm sure a lot of these books that don't necessarily make it to the list will make it onto one of our yeah, you're absolutely top right. ten lists.
1: And also, when we come in here next week and we have like our short list for each of these categories, I'm sure we're going to have diversions. Mm-hmm. So we'll end up talking about those books anyway.
3: And especially because there, we do have a one-shot category and limited, that is going to bring more indie things into yeah. the mix.
2: Yeah. Especially since Marvel and DC aren't particularly well-known for those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: true. Uh, Absolutely.
2: So, um, I knew
3: you were going there. I'd join you in that setup.
1: uh Did we include Biggest Disappointment? No. Do we want to no. do that?
2: I think that's... No. Mm-hmm. Award shows are awarding the good things, not mm-hmm. bad. Okay. We're not, the Razzies.
1: I mean, we can talk, right. we, can, I mean, we can handle that on our personal lists and stuff. Okay. But and I
2: think maybe we could do. I, I feel like getting into negativity is getting into a bit of trolling, too. Yeah. I mean, it's right. nice to point out the actual critiques of it, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I feel like really doing a show that just points out the flaws and things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I don't feel right doing that mm-hmm. personally. Um, and we
1: had we had thrown out there maybe doing a, uh, a a list like a best of the year that didn't come out this year like a, like almost like a book that we discovered you know yeah we, absolutely like the I Kill Giants stuff and the like this Spider Man mm-hmm. Blue and like you know books that um, we discovered this year that didn't come out this year
2: yeah I'd but, be down with that
1: cool I don't
2: wait did we talk that was a list though not a category well yeah. we're,
1: we're, we're we're talking about it as a category but oh. I don't know. I don't know if it works. It's so diverse for no, all of us, you know.
2: I I don't like that as a. I think we could do that as separate lists. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we could all do um something for the site as an article. But mm-hmm. I don't like that as a category personally. I think that's too broad.
3: In some ways, too personal, too.
2: It's very personal,
1: and I don't know how. I don't know how we debate, like, like getting a a, a, a overall list. Uh, we could that always That would be just...
2: nearly impossible because I mean, what Steve discovered this year. Might not be what I discovered, although to be fair, a lot of it is because, you know, I made you spend a lot of money. Sorry, Steve. Um, but no, I, I'm not just saying, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. I know what you're saying. I mean, Steve and I, obviously, we share some of those lists, but, you know, I might have a thing, some of my list that I'm completely passionate about. And because I, I you haven't read it, you know, you might just, it doesn't, doesn't flow, you know, because it's so yeah, personal. Exactly. We can still talk about it on the show. Like on our like our like award show, we can we can talk about those lists, but I don't know about making them a category that we're we're going to debate on
0: and vote better. And especially to kind of break up the whole debating aspect that if we have a couple, maybe one or two categories, something like that, where we get to just do the roundtable thing where you, you know, Bob goes, I go Stephanie and we basically just go around and we give some of our, our personal you know, ones that we came across during the year that affected us, because you know people like to hear about those. Yeah, too.
1: no, I think that's a great idea. I, I think I think us sorry. talking
0: about those things
1: is great. I just don't think how we
0: how we'd work it. Yeah, like, I don't think it should be a category. Yeah. I think it should just be a quick discussion. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, cool. I don't know. You could actually. I, again, this is going into the MVP thing, but in the new year, this would be a great show to talk about, um, like in January, and have just have a whole show dedicated to comics that really you know helped keep us motivated to keep reading comics that didn't necessarily come out in 2012
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean yes. yeah whether it's a, dis- it's a simple discussion or a whole show i think that's something we definitely should talk about um all right cool so we're, we're 11 categories then bob yep
3: um i have 11
1: i mean 11 is fine 11 is totally cool all right so
3: two fours and a three but <laughs> two shows of four categories oh you, are you're talking third. about the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. yes
1: all right so bob why don't we uh why don't you l- l- last time list off the categories
3: ongoing okay overall mm-hmm. single issue or one shot mini series or limited series story arc writer artist cover most improved writer most improved artist and uh, best new series
1: okay all right cool. all right those those are your talking comics uh, categories. Um, over the next couple of weeks, you'll hear us debating all about uh, what, what those are. Um, we'll put the, the list of categories up on the site as well as, you know, kind of the plan for what we're going to do. And then as we get closer and as we actually make these um, categories, we will set up a ballot for you guys to vote. And, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see how it shakes out and how your answers kind of uh, mesh with ours. And uh, I hope that over the next couple of weeks, you guys enjoy the debates. I think they're going to be fun. I think that us, I think us just talking about what categories to use Was pretty fun (laughs) and pretty involved. So I think I'm very excited for the actual debate. All right. So uh, before we we get out of here, though, let's talk about what's coming out uh, today.
3: Should we mention one thing first? What? Before we get into the reading of these? What? Well, that I was chastened by a listener. Over, o- over the barnyard noises I make when we uh, read some of these titles, the Star Wars ones particularly. So to Christian, I've already apologized in print. I will apologize on the air. It is just I'm a little uh, burned out by Star Wars marketing. And so when they read off, we read off some 47-word title, I sort of groan. I'll groan i'll groan for you
1: <laughs> it's not i want to make it clear that i'm not groaning even about the
0: the quality of the book because we are the fact that it them, exists, like, i'm not reading yeah. any
1: of them i have no idea some of the titles are just a little ridiculous it's the, a
0: little silly
1: the titles are silly it the is. books could be great i have no yeah, idea. apparently they are so. apparently a lot of yeah. books are very good the titles are ridiculous. That's the only reason that we, we laugh about Yeah, and honestly,
0: and with with Bobby reading out this list every week, it's just a, a way of, of kind of rolling our eyes and, and making it a little bit more fun for us. I mean, you know, he's sitting here rattling off this stuff, and when it comes up to something that it's like, you know, Darth Vader's, you know, uh, ultra green fist inside of a black hole number three, it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. silly, it's fun. That's what I think. All right, so here we go. Uh, from Arcadia,
1: we have Old City Blues, hardcover. Rust Volume Two: Secrets of the Cell, yeah. hardcover. Um, Space, nineteen ninety nine, aftershock and awe, hardcover. Just so you guys know, um, we have we talked to Royden Lepp, and that he's the writer of Rust, um, and that interview will be up on Friday. So check that out because he's a really really cool guy. Um, uh, from Boom, we have Adventure Time cover showcase, one shot. We have Adventure Time Marceline and the Scream Queens number six. Yeah. We have Brave. The last
2: issue, I believe, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah, six of six. You're absolutely right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um that could be on our limited series.
0: Probably not, considering <laughs> that it really hasn't been that good. Okay, and that's well... coming from me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um Extermination number seven. Fanboys vs. Zombies, number nine. Um Grace R- Randolph's S- S- Superbia, number two. Um from Dark Horse, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 9, number 16. Conan the Barbarian, number 11. Creep, number 4 of 4. Last one. Uh, Criminal Macabre and Final Night, The 30 Days of Night Crossover, number 1 of 4. Ex-Sanguine, number 3 of 5. Grandville Bait Noir, hardcover. Um, Massive, number 7. Orchid, number 11. Uh, Star Wars Lost Tribe of the Sith Spiral, number 5. Uh, strain number nine. Oh, they're so reserved. I'm holding it. sorry <laughs> <laughs> not to laugh. Bob's uh, giving me a look, and I'm just giving, giving him curtain. the stink eye. <laughs> uh, Tarzan: The Russ Manning Years, Volume One, Hardcover. Ooh. And what? to what?
2: What? No, carry on. Sorry, no. I was just.
1: No. To hell you ride, number one of five. Um, from DC, we have M M A Commie Girls, number three of five, mm. featuring Dalula mm. Dent. We have Batgirl number 15, Batman number 15, Batman and Robin number 15, um, Batman Arkham Unhinged number 9, Before Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan number 3 of 4, Before Watchmen, Rorschach number 3 of um, (laughs) 4. Herm. Yes. Deathstroke number 15, Demon (laughs) Knights number 15, Frankenstein Agent of Shade number 15, Green Lantern Corps number 15, uh, Grifter number 15. There's more 15s coming at you. Yep. Legion Lost, number 15. Ravengers, Ravagers, number seven. Saucer Country, number 10. Saucy. Suicide Squad, number 15. Superboy, number 15. And Team Seven, number three. I don't um, think
2: you have enough comics coming out this week, DC. Yeah, they got a yeah. lot.
1: Uh, from Dynamite, we have Army of Darkness, number seven. Garth Innes' yeah. Battlefields, number two of six. We have Garth Innes's Jennifer Blood, number 20. We have Marcus Nispel's Chosen, number three. <laughs> Peter Cannon and Thunderbolt, number four. Red Sonia, Atlantis Rises, number four. And Sherlock Holmes, the Liverpool Demon, number one. Um, from IDW, we have 30 Days of Night, number 12. We have Borderlands Origins, number two. We have Crow Skinning the Wolves, number one of three. Ugh. G.I. Joe, number 20. We have Ghostbusters number 16, Hollows number 1. Yeah. Uh, Love and Capes, What to Expect, number 5 of 6. Oh, sweet. Uh, we have Popeye number 8. Uh, we have Rocketeer Adventures, volume 2, hardcover. Um, we have Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles, number 17. Uh, Transformers, Robots in Disguise, number 12. Do do 12. Do do. Well,
2: and to be fair to Christian, when we talk about Star Wars, we make fun of the Transformers titles. We just do. as much if as not well.
3: more. you notice i didn't this week i you was didn't. trying to be nice to the transformers <laughs> fans too i'm, the, I'm like ch- to changed i'm a yeah. changed ryan person. carroll
0: says that if we don't start reading um transformers that we'll all be reprimanded okay <laughs> <laughs> uh transformers spotlight orion
1: packs one shot uh from He's image there he, exactly <laughs> image we have activity number 10 um artifacts number 23 uh Change, number one. Yes. Well, what's
0: that about? Not... That is uh, from Aless Cott, who was the author of Wild Children, one of my oh. favorite books of okay, this I year. You
1: talking
3: That'll about that will be on one of my lists. <laughs> oh. um, spoiler that? alert. Yeah.
1: Clone, number two. Hack slash, number 21. Um, a bunch of uh, image firsts, which are reprintings for a dollar. So it's Chew number one, Fatal number one, Revival number one, yeah. Saga number one, yeah. The Manhattan Projects number one, Thief of Thieves number one, yeah. uh, A New Printing of Walking Dead number one. Ooh. All a dollar. You
2: guys, if you guys haven't read Chew, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on the show, go get that issue. It's awesome. If you haven't started it, it's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> it really is. It's good. Um,
1: it Girl in the Atomics number five. Yay! Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was we got here? Oh, uh Perhaponauts volume two. Uh Point of Impact number three, uh Revival Volume One, so the f- trade. Hell uh, walk- yes, people. <laughs> walking Dead number one oh five. Pick it up. Um,
2: this is gonna be the issue where I decide whether to continue with the Walking Dead or well, drop. Tune it. in mm. next
1: week to find out.
0: <laughs> tune in next time.
1: <laughs> um from Marvel, we have Age of Apocalypse number ten, Age Amazing Spider-Man six ninety nine point one, which is this, that the Morbius, the Morbius, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avengers Arena number one, Woo. Avengers Assemble number ten, Yay. Cable and X Force number one, mm. um, uh, Volume two, Trapper back of Daredevil by Mark Wade, mm. uh, Dark Avengers number one eighty
3: four. By the way, it's Iwoji Comer. Iwo Jima cover. There's only one. There aren't 54 of them. Well,
1: did you? See, we didn't talk about this, but did you see the? Uh, the they made fun of that. There is an uncanny Avengers cover that has every single state bird on it. <laughs> they're all shitting on Deadpool.
3: Oh, that's great. <laughs> and it's it's I making fun of that. the 52 that's variants. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Uh.
1: Sorry. Um. Uh, Fantastic Four number two. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man number four. Um. Monsters Inc. Number one. Uh mm. yes. Marvel Universe versus the Avengers number 3 of 4. Um Scarlet Spider number 12, Ultimate Comics Iron Man number 3 of 4, Ultimate Comics X-Men number 20, Winter mm-hmm. Soldier number 13, Wolverine number 317, Extreme X-Men number 7.1. I read wow. 1
0: through 19 of Ultimate Comics X-Men over this past week. Oh yeah. And you know it sucks. What? It got really good on the last issue mm-hmm. i went through 18 issues for it to finally get good at the end i'm not going to read it anymore
1: <laughs> uh from valiant we have archer and armstrong number five and bloodshot number six and uh from Zenoscope, we have grim fairy tales presents bad girls number five of five grim fairy tales myths and legends number 24 all right so that is it for this week's books um if you want to get in touch with us, we're at Talking Comics on Twitter or info at books.com uh, as well as the website, TalkingComics.com where, um, I mean, in the future coming up, you're going to see a lot of our top 10 lists. Um, we're going to, we have reviews going up all the time. Uh, Talk Comics Presents uh, uh, by um, David and uh, Steve just put up a Fantasy Casting, I mean, it was last week, but Fantasy Casting for Lock and Key, that's still up there you guys should definitely check yes. out. Um, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's.
0: I am at dead
1: underscore anchoress. Stephanie.
2: I'm hello cookie and keep sending in your sh- dear shenanigans questions. Absolutely.
3: Uh, and Bob email address. Uh, Bob Reyer at talking All
1: right. So that is it for this week's show. Um, thank you guys so much. Again, if you guys have any ideas for, you know uh, what we, we picked our categories, but if you have any ideas for nominees or you're just going to write in with your ideas, Please don't hesitate to do so. Um, let us know you know about the Gail Simone situation. Um, what some of your favorite books were? You know, feel free. We would love hearing from you guys. Um, all right, so that's it. So for Steve, Happy Wednesday, Bob, Avida Zane, and Stephanie, bye bye. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.